confirmed Xbox games on the Switch, more script mishaps, and a very foul-mouthed L. This is Achievement Hunting 101. Tootin, hello, and what? What the? What the Annie. heck? Will you guys stop messing with my script? Damn it! Let me try this again. Hello, and welcome to Achievement Hunting 101. Class is now in session for level XXXI. Corey, what, are, what is that? <laughs> 31. There we go. He knows what level. I'm sorry. On. What is 31? Corey's been in night school for like two weeks to get to this point, so I'm very, very proud and very impressed. At him getting through that. He yes, can read the top you. of the doc. He sees that it says level 31. He's cheating. But we got a great show for you guys today. But before we get started, let me introduce to you who you've just heard. First up, we have Michelle. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to do this. Also with us is Elliot. What's up? What up there, son? All right. I'm going to f*** you up. Yo. He's reading from a totally different script. Oh. Um, <laughs> who gave him clearance oh. to make this episode R-rated? You piece Ooh. of. Do Hurry I up already! That. I want to go make another sandwich. Ooh. Oh gosh, that's gonna have to go out in editing. Provolone uh. sandwich. No, I'll, I'll, I think you should keep it with all. Beeps oh. in the right spots. Yo, yeah, that's... that's right. Yeah, beeps in the right spots. <laughs> beep. that, that came fast and furious. Beeps or bleep wow, beeps that in the right looks... spots. <laughs> All right. And also with us, we have Corey. What's up? Hey, uh, real quick. Uh, what is your favorite Taco Bell item ever? Go. Ooh. Uh, double chili book. Gun to your head. Or, no time no, to think. No, whatever costs a dollar. The double Gordia that that box that's out right now is amazing. Okay, okay. All right, that's the only box Kenny ever gets. So I'm going to go with chicken and rice burrito because it's a dollar. Was this I a question was for everybody? <laughs> yes, go. Oh, go okay. Uh, a crunch wrap. Ooh. Michelle wins. Yes. All right, crunch wrap is also really good. Oh, my goodness. You're going to pick nacho fries, you little poop. What's wrong Me? with nacho fries? They um, suck. There you go. There's a no stipulation you. in my question, but none of you uh, picked it. You can't pick a featured item. It has to be permanent. Oh, okay. And nobody so picked no it, so it's good. We're good. Okay. Crunchwrap wins it for me, too. So. Oh, so good. All right. That's that's what the right people Crap. pick. You know, we shouldn't have started talking about this, because when Brooke listens to this, I'm going to have to get Taco Bell that night. Uh, Who the hell so is you should Brooke? just listen to this on every night that you want to have Taco Bell. Duh. Hello, Brooke Shields. Uno. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you are distracted already, so that's this is going to be an Uno. interesting uh, podcast. You got to give him a task. Give him a task. Right. This is what you do. Proclamation with... point. Oh. 
Oh, boy, yes. Proclamation point. Go. <laughs> you didn't even say classes in session. You just Broken. suck this week, Kenny. Oh, we're just getting started. <laughs> oh, man. It's gonna be Do so your job. <laughs> class is now in session. Go. Proclamation point. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> if you were my teacher, I'd be passing notes and trying to throw them at you the whole time. Geek. Well, you can't throw them through Skype, so I'm lucky. <laughs> my goodness, L with all the F-bombs this week. What F-bombs? Uh, fun, break. fun. Oh, damn. Did it again. Nerve Bullet is currently on a 150-day achievement win streak. Great job, Nerve Bullet. You're just oh, amazing. Love that guy. Oops, that's someone else. Beer Me, the big drunk, has reached a milestone of 9,000 achievementos. Chin yeah. Doctor has effectively tripled that, maybe. Math is hard. <laughs> 21,000 achievements won. Not quite. Which would sound amazing, except Carnage just reached 32,000 achievements won. Lots of achievements. And I think 31,000 of them are XBLA or ID at Xbox. <laughs> and the other 1,000 are Trials. <laughs> oh. <laughs> about that. Sounds about right. That's definitely what 32,001 will be. It's Trials. This is true. Because, you know, it's... it's trials! You know. Sucks. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we're out to lose listeners this week so far. Oh, Tribulations is what it's really called. Who is this traitor? Emperor L. Oh, yes. That that's, uh, that's nice L. <laughs> Who could Hold be nicer than me, L. Dick? 35% oh, completion. Why is this on here? That's, <laughs> that, it's, a, it's a good milestone for him. You got to start somewhere. You were there once. I was. Fufu's going to get there once. No way. Probably not. <laughs> I don't care about the completion percentage. <laughs> He's like, nope, nope. Michael Pitch has reached a milestone of 73%. Tommy is better than Jason. What? Wait, like Tommy. Power Rangers. Move, move on. Michael will get that. <laughs> oh, that's Power Rangers. You stop it. Ruining everything. Jables. Jables. Has reached. Yes, Jables. We've been getting it wrong oh this God, whole time. I can't so. even talk. He's reached a new milestone of 350,000 TA score. Way to go, Jables. Nicely done. Keep on trucking with those falling titans. He's almost there. Uh, Redemption Denied, very quietly, has reached 1.9 million gamer score. That's insane. <laughs> and... Otherwise known as 19 foofs. <laughs> Quick maths right here on the show. That was some excellent math that I just done. What the fuck is now in the top 5,000 of the TA leaderboard. I'm I believe sure. that was a personal goal for him for 2019. So. Oh, um, wow. He, he, hit, he that hit that early. early. Yeah. Yeah, he... I don't know what he was thinking, but yes. He set that for December 31st, and he did it already in uh, almost by February 31st. Good job, Fug. What's uh, how much gamer score TA is that? Do you know offhand? I'm gonna go ahead and say Tropan is now in the top 2,000 of the gamer score leaderboard. Way to go, Tropes. Rocker dude. That's me. Hey, Corey. 7,000 achievements. Nice job. Woot woot. Um. The Canadian export Kush Moss, this guy, he's now in the top 20 
of the Maryland Gamerscore leaderboard. Yay, Koosh. And Foof is 210,472. Oh, my God. Foof. In Maryland? Yeah. Baltimore's in Maryland. Dang. (laughs) 210,000? Yeah. Oh. It's got a lot of vaults. That seems legit. A lot of balls? That's what you said? (laughs) A lot of balls. Which, by the way, getting into top 5,000 is about 488,000. Speaking of balls. How much? much? 488. I mean, any day now, X the Hero should be reaching a 750,000 gamer score that he's been talking about and talking about and talking about and talking about. Oh! This just in. X the Hero has reached a new milestone of 750,000 gamer score. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm sure he did it with something cool like Kingdom Hearts. Queen's Quest 2? Stories of Forgotten Past. Which was also his 540th completion. Well, God bless them Artifix Mundi games. This is true. certainly make games. More importantly than Sexy XE is Sexy Jeffy the Panda, who has reached <laughs> 10,000 gamer score. And looks better in a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> With the underlooked title, ACA Neo Geo, The King of Fighters 2003. We should uh, get Jeffy as a guest someday. Oh, boy. Well, more personality than Foof, but that's not saying too much. All right. Well, then. (laughs) I'm going to try something a little new this week called the Community Spotlight. Isrit102 has got a lot of milestones in the past week, so I'm going to highlight him. He's reached a new milestone of 850 completions out of 1375 on his tag, and I think that's actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. He did it with Air, Memories of Old. That's that game from last week where I trampled on Michelle's joke the same way, something, something, Prue, something, something. (laughs) (laughs) It's an error of your ways. uh, That's my joke. You're a dick. There you go. really are. Air memories of Fug. <laughs> and leave Fug alone, even though he'll remember, or he won't remember what you said five minutes after. It, right, it's more like memories of Fug. Huh? Isret oh. also got seventy-one completion percentage and six hundred fifty thousand gamer score. And right as we went to air, he bragged about his twenty-six thousand achievements won with his purchase of Transference. Eight hundred fifty completed games. No, it's not. Uh, 650,000 gamer score does not compute. Yeah, that's awesome. That, but... What do you mean? Oh, d- d- 200 mean, pointers. Yeah, he's been around, not like you. Yeah, I've been around. <laughs> there are 200 and 400 pointers. That... <laughs> I think. I think they're also called waste of time. Oh. oh. Tennesseans <laughs> all oh, think boy. alike. Spoken like a young. I'm not yeah, because all the great games we play are not wastes of time. Yes. Great, great job, everybody, this week. Does anybody want to sing happy birthday to anyone? Happy birthday, <gasps> Mr. President. Mango. I want to jump out of a cake for Mighty Mango and just rub myself all over him and then have his butler clean off the cake <laughs> off of his messy body. I did not need to see that. <laughs> I did not I need this, that mental image. It's getting a little uncomfortable. Gonna need a break. Stan the Man's birthday was on February 23rd. Happy birthday. Speaking of Stan, he also got a milestone. He completed Titanfall. Finally. 
That was a long time in the making. It's only two years late for that. So that's pretty much the whole original Titanfall crew now that's finished with it, right? I feel like... That is the... Yes. That's the crew. All right. Go Great. Americans. <laughs> and, oh, my God. <laughs> we do things at our own pace. It's a callback. But, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, medium pace. Professor, don't call me miserly Pluto. His birthday was on the 24th. I'm not sure how that works with Australia and America, but he had a birthday sometime this week. When Happy you convert birthday. the dates, it's mm-hmm. the 27th in America. Really? Okay. I'll, I'll believe it. So happy birthday. What? Not the 27th. All right. Happy birthday to Mango, Pluto, and Stan. Happy birthday, guys. I won't tell you guys my birthday's coming up on Friday. Oh, God. Um, Spoilers. Spoilers. All right, Foof. Pretend you're the host and say the next thing. <laughs> News, notes, and housekeeping. Oh, housekeeping. Mighty Mango has someone that could help us with that one. What's his name, Michelle? What's whose name? Mango's butler. Oh, uh, Cadbury. There you go. I was about to ask Jeeves about Jeeves again. <laughs> All right, well, that's this is getting awkward. Which, speaking oh. of which, the single-player single stuff is working again, finally. Yay. Hey, did we forget to mention it was broke? Hey. Me. <laughs> yeah, it's broke. But we, we did mention it twice on very sequential segment for having a Valentine's Day achievement. Yes. I completed it this month, thanks to Valentine's Day, but uh, at least we got the news out that it is working again, so get on it before it breaks again. That's yeah. all I got to say. Now Did that it's explain... fixed, I'm getting on it. Mm-hmm. I think somebody um, somewhere explained what had happened with the single player. Like, Microsoft had changed something about certification, so it like broke um, that server or something to the effect. I don't remember the exact story. I don't story. think there was any explanation, but I was actually in the snap finger click Discord. And on Valentine's Day, when everyone was going for that achievement, everyone alerted to them that it was broken. And one of the devs every day has basically been saying, we're chasing Microsoft again. We're going to let you know when it's fixed. And then they were, they've been giving daily updates. And then finally someone said, hey, it's working. And then they said, oh, it is. <laughs> News to us. <laughs> and uh, good, good on so them Microsoft for did something with, with testing. Okay. And now solo mode in Awkward Works, so those are no longer discontinued. But yes, I would get on them like Corey alluded to. I mean, good on the dev, though, for uh, at least stepping up. They certainly didn't have to do that. No, definitely not. Definitely is nice that that's fixed. Mm-hmm. And he said to rate the game five stars in the um, Xbox Smash store. That rating button. I don't know if that I helps. Give it a five. Oh, yeah. He said leave a review on xbox.com to help them out. I'll give him at least one extra star for fixing it. I don't know if I can give him five. So I might get like a one and a half stars now. I mean, ouch. No, I'm just kidding. It's not that <laughs> I don't know. It's not the best game in the world, but I don't know. It's surprised definitely not the four, worst. Surprised only 400 people have it on TA, to be honest. Really? That's it? The, the problem Probably with the, the game is tag. that it's a single Jackbox Party Pack style game. Yeah. I so when you can buy a, a package of four or five of them, however many come in each one, it's kind of, it's a, it is a tough sell to get a singular game. And how good it is against Jackbox Party Pack games really depends on the questions you get. Like like we've said before here, um, first time Elle and I played it, 
the questions were kind of tame and it wasn't that exciting. Um, other times we played it, the questions were far more interesting and the game was far more fun as a result. So your mileage may vary with each playthrough. It's also got that weird $12 price tag. Um, mm-hmm. Put that nine ninety nine on there as a max, and yeah, yeah, I think you'll get a lot more. Right, a lot more. I do agree with that. Views. It's all about marketing. Well, this can't be right. It says I played it for twelve minutes. That don't seem right. Twelve minutes. One dollar per minute. I mean, if that is right, I'm doing pretty good on the achievements. I got twenty four out of thirty (laughs) one. I played this for twelve hours. How much so, of that was your Cronus? My Cronus <laughs> played it for 11 hours, 30 minutes. So <laughs> all for that one achievement for answering a thousand questions. There's a whole lovely side discussion we could have about Cronus and Cronus achievements, but I suppose we will leave that alone for now. Yeah, we should spotlight that one day. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Maybe have Cronus on the show to talk about his Cronus. Uh, I didn't use a Cronus. I used... An Xbox 360 Turbo Controller. <laughs> right. Well, as you would. I streamed it to my Surface, and you're able to use your 360 wire Turbo Controller that way, which is nice because there's no real one Turbo Controller if you don't have a Cronus. And that did the trick just fine. Because apparently people think that you have to do it in one sitting for some reason. Uh, Well, I mean, it was, it was rumored that you had to. I learned that from Prue and Mango. Blame them. It was done overnight anyway, so. I don't know. Now it's fixed. I'm probably going to have my Kronos overnight so I can get that stupid achievement. But on to the next thing. Now I want to preface. 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 You want to start over in English. Preface. <laughs> <laughs> I had a stroke or Biscuits. something. I want Butter to biscuit. just say that this is a rumor, but it'd be interesting if it turns out to be true. Game Pass on the Switch. It's been it's been in the in the talks that we might be getting the Game Pass games, maybe not all of them, but at least some of them on the Switch, along with like Cuphead and maybe some other games. What do you guys think about this? Personally, I think this is awesome. This would be this would be great. I'm already a part of Game Pass, and with this, I would actually use my Switch now, especially if you know I can use or I can earn achievements while on the Switch. You mean on the toilet? Well, yes. Okay. That was my polite way of saying it, but now that it's there. So Boop. if we if we break it down, I've seen several different articles talking about this, and uh, they there's several different uh, methods or however you want to call it uh, that they're that they're rumoring. One is uh, you know uh, what you said, Game Pass on Switch uh, via you know streaming. So you're not gonna download the games uh, is what i read off one article i don't think uh, you could especially i mean a lot of these games are big you know tens of gigs or like master chief collections 100 gig and the stupid switch needs an sd card well i've also heard that it's not every game on game pass it's going to be select games so uh that that's part of the rumor mill uh and then you alluded to cuphead but there was also uh ori in the mix as like straight yes. up ports uh, and you know that, and you know, aside from Game Pass, but straight up porting to Switch. So, uh, who knows uh, how that would integrate in Xbox if that was the case? But it's pretty cool. Uh, personally, I have a Switch. I don't play it too often. It's mostly used for business trips, uh, and even then, it's mostly used for the plane ride, since 
when I'm at the hotel, I usually play on my Win 10 device to get achievements. Uh, but if the Switch did have achievements, uh, or a way for me to get achievements other than Minecraft, it certainly would get more playtime from me. Um, it's a nice little device to, uh, you know, fall asleep to. And so, you know, playing some of these games would be uh, nice to do that with. So I'm all for it. Uh, the rumors certainly sound feasible, but uh, it's a big move regardless. Uh, I, I, I think this is definitely interesting. I think Microsoft was alluding to all this when they mentioned their CloudX technology. Like the idea being that this would be sort of a Netflix style service. And not, not that that's what they said, but that's some of the articles I've read about this particular rumor is you would download an app and it would be like any other app and you'd be able to access it on multiple devices. Right now, the Switch seems to be the one everyone's talking about, but we're already doing this with our Win 10 devices, right? So uh, not necessarily via Game Pass, but it's going to have a similar method of connecting to Xbox Live and getting you your achievements. I mean, I think it's intriguing. And um, I've, I've said for ages now, I'm, I'm a single console household. I only get Xbox consoles. So I'm like you guys who do not have a Switch. And it's not that they're not appealing in their way. I'm a huge Tetris fan. I would love to play Tetris 99 because that's something that's very, very up my alley. Uh, but I, I've i long said I'm beyond the point of buying a video game console for one game. That's just, it's not enough of a reason. They're too big of an investment. I have too much invested in my Xbox and the whole Xbox you know, ecosystem of products. But if Game Pass finds its way onto the switch all of a sudden i kind of can excuse my really wanting to buy one game by hey i can access all this other stuff too and even though i can use my surface uh on the go i can take my switch on my commute to work and play it on the bus so getting game pass would be the kind of thing that that would make me a switch buyer you know and it would depend on what exactly is going to be available through the surface like I don't want to play Halo or the new Gears on a Switch. I want to play that on my nice big TV and, and right. really get to see it in all of its beauty and in full frames per seconds and with however many billions of teraflops of power or whatever all those <laughs> numbers mean. That That's what that's for. But a game like you would be great to play on the bus. And I think it's, it's going to be another interesting point if this is announced how this affects the Nintendo eShop, for example, because many of these games that are on Game Pass are available there. Very and true. How is that monetization going to be impacted? So there's obviously more to this than whether or not it's just going to happen and its feasibility. I also heard about a game like Ori coming separately. So there's a lot of very interesting things. I think this is there's a conference coming up on March 15th, I want to say. Does that GDC? sound familiar? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Developers Conference. Where we're Sounds right. Hopefully going to hear a little more. Uh, I don't like dealing in rumors generally because it's just a good way to be disappointed. But at some point when there's enough traction rolling around, there's got to be some truth buried in there somewhere, even if it's not as grandiose as the whole of Game Pass coming. So it's definitely right. something to follow. It's exciting. And I would love it as an excuse to bite on a Switch. Yeah, this was a rumor that's super interesting. I feel like they had to talk about it, especially... If nothing else, just to kind of get something excited for it, mm-hmm. because it would be really cool. But you made a good point there. The Switch, when it's in handheld mode, it's like 720p, 
And then when it's mm-hmm. on the dock, I think it's 1080. So right. trying to play like Halo or Gears on this, it's gonna suck. Oh, like it's early, uh, early 360 days. I don't exactly want those graphics, even if they're you know they're not bad. A Halo Three graphics are terrible, but I want <laughs> Halo Infinite graphics now. Right. Yeah, but it's also like a seven-inch screen, so you won't really notice it. Fair point. Right, but at that point, on a seven-inch screen, I'm not going to have the same depth of ability to see things if I'm playing in multiplayer. Like the person playing in a better environment is going to have a, a built-in advantage. It's the same way with the kids who play Fortnite on something like a phone versus something like their PC. So that just may not be the best way to engage with that product, but having the option to may be enough for someone. Now I know L, you're also in the there's a switch in your household camp, but I, I don't. Your switch is really like your kids' switch. So now what happens if Game Pass comes for you? Because now you may want to borrow Steal this at it. some point. Yeah. Oh yes, borrow. How, it. How's that going to go? <laughs> <laughs> I imagine the big appeal, obviously, is the portability of it, right? Otherwise, yeah, it's really not a big deal. Um, I mean, portability is part of it, but for someone, so again, speaking as a non-switch o- owner. There's a lot of value in the Switch, right? There are plenty of games I would play, but I choose not to play because I mostly play for achievements. But if I had a console that had, you know, Mario Odyssey on it and and had um, just the whole suite of Nintendo, like I often play Mario Tennis Aces when I'm over your place, right? And I have fun with it. And that might be the kind of thing where, hey, if it's on my console, I'll play online sometimes with somebody because I... I would have Game Pass as my excuse to have the system, but I might as well take advantage of everything else it offers. So for me, it's not just portability. It's that other element of access to a game catalog that right right now I'm choosing not to access. But you wouldn't use Game Pass at home. You could just do that on your Xbox. So that would be the appeal. Yeah. That's the thing. If this does turn out to be true, I would never access any of the Game Pass games on my Switch while I'm at home. That's what my Xbox is for. Except when you're in the bathroom. I, yeah, I, I don't know if that's true. Well, that, that if I'm sitting in my living room, where, well, that's true. That is true. It does count as portability. I wouldn't. Yes, yeah, so while you're watching Jeopardy, you can uh, instead of be playing on your phone during commercials, you could play on make some progress towards something on your Switch. Right, or like if I'm cooking, I'll have something running on my Surface. I might, you know, play on my Switch in between waiting for something to finish. So, but right, that does come back down to portability. You're correct about that. Yeah, in handheld mode, I can see me playing. Especially, I would take it to work. When I get a lunch break, I would absolutely be playing. Especially if we can access our cloud saves. Mm. Yeah, that that's the big thing here for me is the cross uh, cross progression. Uh, that would ultimately be the uh, the selling point. And if I didn't have Game Pass to get Game Pass, I wouldn't buy a Switch for this necessarily. But uh, it definitely would not excite me if cross progression wasn't a thing. Um, mm-hmm. It, cause I, I want to play Ori on the go, but if I don't, if I'm not going to get any achievements for it, especially uh, I'm, I probably won't play it for fun. Uh, I have plenty of Nintendo exclusives that are just sitting there that uh, need to be played anyway. Uh, but that does kind of bring me back to achievements related to this. Um, we mentioned ports. I could see ports having different lists, but as far as game pass games go on the switch, uh, I don't think that we would see new list. I think it would just be extensions of what we uh, already have access to uh, at best case scenario. Obviously, worst case, they could disconnect you from that, but 
again, who knows if, if that would really happen or not. I, I kind of would rather it doesn't have its own set of achievement lists. Like, and this is a, it's, it's a whole other discussion we can have, but like just with all the games that come out through things like ID and especially with publishers like hamster and sometimes you and Radalika, there's already so much like overload of, readily available achievements i don't know that i'd even want these to have other that's fair distinct lists uh because at some point i know i would be choosing those games to play them again for easy gamer score instead of like whoa i have this new console with games i can access in a way that i might not be able to access otherwise like and that's on me that's not on the product but i i just know that for me i'd, I'd rather them just share the list with the with the xbox one releases Right, yeah, I would u- I would utilize this as a tool to uh, completing my games, completing my list, uh, rather than wanting more lists from it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, and I'm kind of scrolling through the Game Pass game list now. There are some games that I would love to be able to play this play on a Switch because I don't necessarily want to sit down and play them when I'm home because I'd rather play a Tomb Raider or Halo or whatever. But if I were taking it on the go, I would I wouldn't mind playing it like a Graveyard Keeper, for instance. I like those little management games. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad idea. Never really couldn't get into it when I'm sitting there. But mm-hmm. if I'm in the car going somewhere or, like I said, at work. A game where you don't yeah. need Twitch skills too too much. Yes, and that's also the big thing. Nintendo can't make a controller to save their life. Mm. Their best controller is a GameCube, and that's one, two, <laughs> three <laughs> ch- console generations ago. So I mean, I'd say yes, NES, but yeah, eh, to each other. <laughs> but the Switch is not comfortable to play on. Even their pro con- pro controller, it's not comfortable. Kenny, we can't see you at your air quotes. That's you why I, I tried quotes. to exaggerate. In my voice. You can hear them. Well, that's button mapping may be a concern too, because A B X Y are all reversed. Oh on God. The switch oh, so every time that i go to play a, a switch game and you know i don't play switch frequently so i'm usually playing with l sun and he'll go press y and i'm mashing what i think is y and not getting the intended effect so that's that an may interesting be problem i did not think of i mean most games do have some form of button mapping but they don't all so that that may be an issue that we have to contend with if i this think is it'll be fine thing. yeah all in all, this will be an easy extension to the Student Achievement Factory or your child labor <laughs> Student <laughs> Factory. And now L can actually assign tasks to his kids. Yeah. Play your Switch. Play Ori on the Switch. Play Mega Coin Squad. Grind out those coins. <laughs> Another game I wouldn't mind playing on the Switch. And then, that uh, would be a good game for the Switch. You know, this led a lot of people to say, oh, does this mean we're going to have Zelda with achievements and Mario with achievements? No. No, it doesn't mean that. <laughs> no. No. That probably nice as, I was it, surprised that so many nice people said that. As nice as that would be, it would also kind of suck. <laughs> well, yeah. It, now, the idea, as I understand it, is not a collaborative one. It's not Nintendo working with Microsoft to make this thing happen. It's Microsoft offering an app the way Netflix offers an app or Hulu offers an app. It is something where it's more collaborative. You may not see the most recent Zelda come out on this Game Pass service, but maybe you'd see something come up. Not not in that nature, but it's possible you could see something that's maybe on the Nintendo eShop that isn't on the Xbox One shop that winds up 
being available via that service. And it would also be available on Xbox as well. But yeah, it's it's not really that way. It's it's just another streaming app in my understanding of the rumor. Yeah, and, and for those questioning it, I mean, why would Xbox do that? Well, they're moving out of the hardware space. They're, they're trying to sell Xbox to the platform. So they're going to get a buttload of Game Pass subscriptions if you know this does come to fruition, I think. Uh, there's a ton of switches out there. And uh, even if oh, I had yeah. to pay five or ten dollars extra for you know on my top of my year whatever i have i would do it for a switch uh you know add-on well and it's very possible if you're a a switch owner and and this obviously is not going to be a large number of people but it's possible if you're a switch owner and game pass suddenly becomes available to you maybe you played banjo kazooie uh back in the day on your n64 or whatever it may be and that's part of game pass it's part of that service and then you get all these other games with it too. So that might be enough for some people to say, hey, this is a great way for me to get this. I'd pay a lot less than I'd pay for stuff on the Nintendo eShop and I get all this other content. So this is how I'm going to do it. Right. Or maybe bring some people over to the Xbox ecosystem. Who well, knows? Yeah, it, it, it exposes their franchises to an entire new player base. So It I depends mean, it, on what it makes only... it through, though. If, if the, true. The, the rumor yeah. is true, it may be selective yes. content. This is all if this this is all just a giant rumor. If anything, we'll probably know at E3. But this is all just speculation. And an interesting I mean, thought. Yeah, this comes to where it just, it's going to benefit both parties regardless. Uh, because they're going to get exposure. Uh, the other one is going to get subscriptions, and the other one might get... Uh, maybe they require Nintendo Online, and they get more subscriptions that way, and uh, it can only help, That's a thought. Uh, as I said. Now, so. is, it, is it... Well, I suppose I'm the only one that's directly... Now, do you all pay for Nintendo Online? Like, no, is, not. Because it's not an expensive service. It's quite a bit less than playing for uh, paying for Xbox Live, to my, my understanding. My, it's, yes. it's 4 or $5 box you guys don't? Taco Bell a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for if Taco Bell for one it's person, for it's twenty bucks for the year. For t- for up to six for a family, it's thirty a year, which is very reasonable. It's, it's stupid cheap that I should have it, but I don't. I don't play but my Switch enough. To... You should get it just to learn some of those <laughs> NES games, Corey. I knew you were going to say that. I but that's, well, it's that's true. A, that's a good point, though. For Nintendo, <laughs> I, I don't know how many people subscribe to the service because it feels so unnecessary. Like Xbox Live Gold feels necessary. Yes. Like I, you don't even think about how that's underlying a lot of how you play the games that you're playing. The Nintendo e-service does not seem necessary. There's, there's for most players. Well, if you want access to this, and now their service is necessary. Yeah, that's a great point. I had never thought of is that there's that benefit potentially for Nintendo that you get those people jumping on people like yourselves who have this console but wouldn't even consider it, even though it's very inexpensive. Yeah, if I need the Nintendo uh, online in order to run Game Pass, they're absolutely going to get twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. That's that's not even a thought. And when it comes to like the Nintendo, personally, I don't have it because I don't play games online. You know, there's no online games on the Nintendo I want to play. Smash says hello, but yes, I don't have Smash. But yeah, I mean Smash. And my son plays the Mario Tennis as Michelle said Pokemon before. tournament. I mean, they're maybe <laughs> the only two games I'd want. Oh, and then yeah, there's really not much else. To which be coming? Uh, Mario which Kart. is the best news of the Mario day? Mario Kart and uh, Pokemon yeah. Gen Eight might be coming. So need the online for that. That's a battle royale game, right? It will be. Totally. Like everything. Tetris ninety nine. I'm excited to revisit this in a couple right. weeks, and I hope with good. Uh, Just a good rumor. News. 
But it is just a rumor and it could be nothing. It could be that this is something they're exploring and the word got out about them and they decided, you know what, it's not worth it. Or maybe Nintendo's not interested in it. Like they, these, many of these games are available on their own service. So why would they undercut their own service and whatever cut they get from that sale by allowing this other more inclusive service of these titles? So it's all rumor. It's all exciting, but we're, we're really going to have to wait until hopefully GDC for an answer, possibly as far out as E3 for an answer. So at this point, it's it's fun to think about, but we're we're just not going to know. If I had to, if I had to bet that we're going to hear anything about it, it'd probably be E3. gun to your head, <laughs> gun to my honorable head. mention. I'd say E3. We hear something <laughs> about it. If we don't hear something at E3, it's it was just a rumor. It's not it's not coming. Mm-hmm. All right, but let's move on. Moving on. <laughs> In a world, world premiere. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing this too long. We're starting to know what it, the other one's going to say. Terrifying. It's a scary thought. Let's talk about the Hangman Challenge. Now that the month is practically over, if you haven't done it, then you're worse than too me. Bad. Because apparently you forgot <laughs> about it more than I did. <laughs> if you haven't done it yet, that means you haven't started it <laughs> or you haven't played any games, or you failed it. <laughs> so, right. With that in mind, oh, what was your phrase for the week month? My phrase for the week month was Mrs. Peacock. <laughs> 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 um, Mrs. Peacock with the candlestick in the kitchen, which of course is from everyone's favorite SNES video game, Clue. Yes, <laughs> quite everyone's favorite. I have it for the SNES. Urine old. Yeah, you said urine. <laughs> Go ahead, Michelle. <laughs> so I've, I've told this story already, uh, but I'm going to tell it again because now I can tell you. And, and I probably should have said this at the beginning. I know we're not supposed to talk about our answers till the whole thing is over. Meh. Eh, close uh, enough. So we did already mention how, you know, you, you haven't figured it out at this point or failed the challenge at this point. You probably haven't turned on your Xbox. You don't month. like it to ban us, Rich. <laughs> oh okay, don't do that. So, Crikey. in in the very oh, early parts of, of in that first day of Hangman, you know, I got a couple of letters. I was thinking of my clue. El had already figured out what his was, and he's like, "Well, tell me what you have so far." So I, I sent him a screen capture, and he goes, "Oh." I know what it is. It's very similar to mine. And he had told me what his was. And as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, I know mine. Mine is Colonel Mustard with the revolver in the conservatory. So they I don't know if they had other clue uh, statements, but we somehow managed to both get a clue statement. I was one of those folks that... um, my initial clue got replaced. My my initial clue was probably would you kindly and then some text after it because I posted a screen capture of nothing and Chin immediately went, would you kindly? And he was probably correct. Um, but yeah, that's my second clue wound up being L's clue essentially, but with different components. So it wasn't too bad to get through. Um, and I, you know, I got a couple of misses, but other than that, not bad. Did you have any misses when you went through, um, through yours, Al? Yeah, two or three. Nothing too major, though. No, I think there's some accidental pop. Uh, five lives remaining. So how many were there? Eight? So, yeah. Yeah. I guess three misses. Yeah. Well, they were both fairly long clues. Uh, what about you, Corey? What'd you wind up with? Boy. 
that's how he says it because I don't have a PlayStation. Boy. But <laughs> it was uh, it was technically the my entire phrase was boy boy dash, not spelling dash, Kratos God of War. So they boy was You're a little using too PlayStation short. clues. Yeah, well, we had gaming. board game clues. <laughs> you had Super Nintendo clues. That's from forever ago. Someone said Clue is on one of those, uh, like, Family yeah. Game Nights or something. Yeah, it is. Who knows? It's kind of a stretch. But I had six misses, and I did solve it. had two lives left. Um, I played normal, uh, starting with some Minecraft, and that was the beginning of the month. I was finishing up Omega Strike, and then Titanfall's on there, so that must have been through a boost. Uh, and the rest was kind of like, oh, okay, I'll pick what I got and finish it. And I did. Like a god of war. Nice. Good job, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, um, Kenny is able to find the sound clip of the you know Kratos saying "boy," and uh, you know that we'll all know. I I only heard it from the video game awards. I don't remember if you guys watched that when a bunch of us were kind of viewing it, but I I remember the guy who does the voice, like that was there with the child that he speaks to throughout the throughout the game and he, the the child was going to read the winner and he says you know read the envelope boy and I'm like oh okay i guess that's a god of war thing because if not for that i honestly would have had no clue why boy <laughs> is related to kratos because i played the first three god of wars uh and that wasn't a thing in those yeah good point yeah that that reference is uh like half a year old or a little bit more right and it's specifically to god of war 4 like it's well there's a YouTube video called Every Time Kratos Says Boy, and it's, <laughs> and it's seven and a half minutes, so it must be a thing. Yes. Speaking of boys, Kenny, did you finish <laughs> your phrase? Why? Yes, I did. Oh, Probably a about four days ago or something like that. I completely forgot that this was a thing. I kind of logged on to TA and, and saw it. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I probably should finish that up. You didn't fail it? No. That's it. Well, okay, you didn't play games. Huh? That makes sense. <laughs> so you're sitting here making fun of me, but I did better than you. I had three lives remaining. You had two, so Ooh. suck it. Ooh. That has nothing to do with Suck it. it. Nothing to do with oh. it. And, and friend, was... I also wasn't actively going for it. I wasn't either till the end, Yeah, pal. sure. But my phrase was, please do better for the viewers. Well, it fits you, so. <laughs> <laughs> so this is um, this one is not from a game, right? Kenny doesn't. I know was told from. no. I didn't know what it was from. Yeah, this is. I didn't. Go ahead. What were you told? Um, that it's on the TA stream. Right. Um. I I say this. You know how when you say with all due respect, which means you're not being respectful at all. Uh, but I'm saying this with all due respect. The streamers on TA are terrible. They're just not good at video games. They're they're good enough streamers in that they interact with the audience wherever. But they they are. It's well known they're terrible at games. So they they their bot has a response with "Please do better for the viewers." I'm not sure exactly what triggers it or at what points because I don't usually get to listen with sound. So I'm not sure if if that's the case. But yeah, that's totally just from the TA stream. Yeah, whenever they're streaming, I'm working, so I just always just have it running in the background. I don't ever get to see it, and I didn't. I didn't. Ha- I had no idea what this was. I knew it was please do better for the <laughs> something. 
<laughs> and then someone wind up mentioning it. I'm like, oh, okay. But I managed to get that with more lives than Corey left. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. <laughs> so I wonder what color badge is next, right? Because TA's got 10 colors for the badges, and they go from like black to yellow in some progression. And right now, if you've completed all of the community challenges on TA, I believe your badge is blue. There have been five so far. So I wonder what color six is. I think and if it, you do four, it's purple. I think it might be red. Maybe it's, it's either, I think it's actually green, red, orange, yellow might be the progression at the end. You, but we'll you see. said you have five, right? Yeah. What are the, I have three. I have alphabet challenge, birthday challenge, and 12 days of Christmas 2018. I imagine there's a 2017 version of that one. Right, right. Okay, I did not complete that one. That's that's. I guess and that's the one I'm missing. I guess well, you didn't get the, the the ultimate head-to-head for finishing 10 achievements well, on your no, list in a week. No, I definitely did that, and it says I have four completed when I hover, but it's not showing. Yeah, it doesn't show the ultimate head-to-head one. Okay. Like, it, it oh. has no, like, record of it, which is surprising. There should be a little note there. It doesn't need to link to the week that you did that in, but just something that notes what it is, because people forget. Like that's definitely happened in Discord too, where it's like, oh, I have four. I don't know what the fourth one is, but that that would be it. Cool, cool, cool. By the way, guys, it's official. I just got a message from TA. The awkward uh, is fixed. Yeah, oh, um, we should tell people <laughs> that. Thanks, Jen. I don't want to sound pushy, but can you get on with the sales? Oh, <laughs> my goodness. He's a little bit nicer this week. Probably with Canada and Koosh. Yeah, regrettably, we don't have our resident sales expert uh, with us this week. And none of us are the buy everything on sale type. Mm. So you're left with Michelle reading off what's there. Yes, and I will. There there are (laughs) a number of games available this week that fall in the easy completion bracket. So I'm just going to go down the list and we'll chat about those. Um, off the top of my head, I am buying none of these because I either own them or have access to them, I believe. And the ones that I've forgotten I have access to, L will correct me and tell me that I do somehow or another. Mm-hmm. So here it goes. <laughs> uh, Transference is on sale this week. Uh, it's a zero to one hour completion and is marked down to $15 from 25 So 15 is still a little steep if you're looking for a game. You know, If you are taking into account the game content is less than an hour. But if you're looking for that easy 1G and you have money to throw around, there you go. Any of you guys play Transference? Yep. Beat it. I think this is the lowest it has ever been. And if you don't guide it, which everybody says that you shouldn't guide it, 15 is probably a fair price uh, because they say it's a good game. But what kind of game is it? It's a walking sim. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Walking sim isn't a genre on TA, is it? So it's a an so, action adventure. Adventure. So what do they call probably. it? So the achievements are tied to what? Uh, just uh, collectible. Playing the game and like you know getting the collectible kind of things. He don't know. He used the guide. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I did. Uh, I I started out not doing a guide, but that only made me play it for five minutes before I decided uh, <laughs> that it wasn't for me. So I, I was okay with my decision. Yeah, Maka's video is thirty-one minutes. So yeah. Yep, that's what I ended up using. Uh, it seemed to be the best one out there at the time. So after transference, we have 
Siji Bark for Mezzaluna. Mezzaluna. Okay. This is another game. <laughs> we don't Koosh. have made. The ghost of Koosh is here. <laughs> I thought I muted. <laughs> you just. <laughs> you just sounded. I don't know what you sounded just like him. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Koosh with a Canadian accent. I thought I muted, but I, when I pooted. <laughs> oh. I played Siji. Uh, uh, yes, tell us about your experience with Siji. Uh, I streamed it blind, uh, and I've only played it once, so one playthrough, and I've gotten all achievements except for uh, finding all the caves. I must have missed one, and then uh, the speed run for getting 100% in 30 minutes. So i got to go back, but I don't plan on playing it three more times like Elroy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you mentioned the price. It's three fifty down from $5.00 doll hairs well as as someone who has played it uh and streamed it and been through the game would you recommend it at 350 would you recommend it at five was it necessary to wait for a sale um i recommend it at 350 and only because it's sometimes you and they bug me sometimes you get that <laughs> otherwise it's it's a i mean it's a platformer that you, it it uh operates just fine and you know i had a decent time with it it's worth the, th the 350 and probably even five dollars to be honest but i feel like zero to one is a little low i feel like most people i know who played it played through it a few times so well if the speed run is 30 minutes some people do do that in if one on their run, first playthrough but if you're gonna go blind yeah you're probably not gonna do it in one one to two is probably a little bit more of a fair so what does that mean time. you you're supposed to find all the caves without speeding uh without killing everything uh no, you can kill whatever you want, but each level, I think except one, has a hidden cave, and each level has uh, various amounts of collectibles. And then a few levels have a specific collectible that is tied to an achievement uh, that you also have to get in the speed run. So, yeah, Siji might be one of those games you can finish in under an hour if you have you know played it, it on a different tag and you really know the game and then you go and play it on an alt tag or something i just i don't see the average person jumping in and finishing the game in less than an hour probably uh, they may they, they may finish a playthrough of the campaign in an hour but to get all the achievements you're, you're still gonna have to go and do a second playthrough uh again don't have to you you can potentially play it through i guess if you really studied a video during the day for some reason but it, it seems like a solid little platformer from what I saw you play. Especially since the final boss isn't the easiest either. Right. Right. I saw what you, you struggle with Yeah, brother. <laughs> Shh, no spoilers. All right. No All right. spoilers, brother, brother. So let's move on from that set of spoilers. And uh, next game on the list is Planet of the Eyes. Uh, this is listed as a one to two hour completion. This is a significant markdown normally it's ten dollars it's marked down to 250 right now any commentary on planet of the eyes i haven't played Ooh. or looked at this one i did it recently what do you think of it um i thought it was a very blatant limbo style game yep i went through it blind knowing that there was chapter select so i just went through and i missed three or four things and went back and got them pretty easily did you I go left? I did, but I didn't go left enough, I guess. So that was actually the last one I got was to start it over and go left. 
Yes. Oh, is that is that an achievement? Yes. yes. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Okay. That's just like limbo. Yeah, you go left and then you get an achievement. Yep. All right. Um, I would say one to two hours is accurate. Yeah, that's and fair. I, and for two fifty, I think it's worth it. Oh, for two fifty, if you don't have it, buy yeah. it. It's not a bad game, especially if you've played Limbo or Inside, and you enjoy that. Yeah, two fifty is fair. Did you play it, Foof? Yes. I haven't beaten it. I did a little bit more than a dive <laughs> oh, boy. of it. A little uh, bit more enough than to a get dive. the idea. Yeah. You did a submerge. Yeah, there you go. I got a little bit more than my feet wet in it. You should be able to beat in one or two sittings, really. Yeah, it's it shouldn't <laughs> be too terribly difficult to beat, but I'll go back to it. You have a foof to work on. Exactly. This will help. Yeah, all these games that are available this week will help you. So the next one on the list, uh, Path of Modus. And, uh, Corey, you actually had the opportunity to speak to the developer. What was that, like episode two or Way three? That was really yeah. early on. <laughs> I left work to come home and record that. Yeah. And oh, be... we were so young in our podcasting days. I know. We've learned so much, but no developers have come back to speak to us. So uh, maybe we got to mm-hmm. work on our approach a little bit. Uh Path of Modus is listed as a one to two hour game. It's currently marked down to nine seventy four from fourteen ninety nine. I liked Modus. I didn't play it with a guide, and I think it took me three to in the three to four hour range, if I recall correctly. So you can certainly make it quicker if you're playing with a guide, without question. But I I enjoyed just being able to go through it sight unseen and and just taking what the game had to offer. So if you can find an extra couple hours to just play the game without it. I think it was enjoyable that way, but you could certainly do it more quickly. Um, Corey, I know you played it as well. Do you have any thoughts about this one? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, I played it uh, shoot, well, right actually before it released. Uh, and I'm looking at it. it. I'm so close to getting the first completion on TA. That one I got... <laughs> uh, that was that was before we started getting review stuff, uh, but I was able to get one of those copies, and I was the fifth completion, uh, so it was a memorable one. I actually did it twice uh, when I was, uh, you know, real nervous and prepping for an interview. But I actually did like the game, uh, so I played it uh, super early on. There were no guides, and yeah, three or four without guides sounds about right. Uh, unfortunately, I think it's one of those another one of those games that. It really would benefit more if it was a $10 price point originally, and then right. it went on sale. Uh, but, I mean, if you like puzzle games, I, I think it's, it'd be fine for that. Yeah, I, I agree. 10 still seems a little steep because the core of the game is short. Like, it's there are some games that you see that have a one to two hour. I mean, all, all the Radalika games have very short completion estimates, but you don't have to play the whole game to get the completion. This is the whole game. So I, I agree. $15 is, is a really steep starting point. This would be an easier recommendation if the starting point was ten and the sale was something closer to five or seven fifty, whatever they decided to do. Uh, but it's pretty solid. I it's a fun little game. Kenny, Al, you have any thoughts on this, or neither of you got to there to this one? I haven't played it yet. I did the first playthrough where you don't have to find the alternate paths. Mm-hmm. It was inoffensive. Yeah, it's a good word for it. <laughs> I didn't really it, it, love those uh, number puzzles, to be honest. Oh, I think okay. I thought those were pretty cool. I, I, I like them too. I think they could be a game on, on its own. Well, make it happen. <laughs> uh, moving on to the next game on the list, because we miss Kushmoose so much, we're going to highlight Moose Man. 
This is another game that falls into the one to two hour completion window. It's usually available for $7 or $6.99 and is available for the bizarre price of $4.54. Uh, I honestly, I haven't finished Moose Man. I played it. I think I added it to my collection and it came up in, um, in some contest or another. So I played enough to get to that contest point. Even though it's allegedly an easy completion, I feel no desire to go back to it because I don't really necessarily get all that's going on. It does have an interesting mechanic where you have to go in and out of the shadows to traverse some areas. There's definitely some gameplay built into it, but a lot of the achievements are built around collectibles and finding specific collectibles. And because the game doesn't really offer you a lot of instruction, it's very vague. So if you're playing it without a guide, as I largely was, it's not going to be a one to two hour completion, but uh, you guys have played it, right? I, with a guide, I'm sure it's it's very quick. I can 100% echo what you just said. Uh, everything from starting it and not wanting to play it uh, to it you know, being you know full of collectibles and yeah, it's just meh. Another sometimes you game that is very rarely sometimes fun. <laughs> <laughs> you played this, right, Al? I did. You remember anything about it? I do. You walked a lot. <laughs> yes. It was kind of almost similar to Never Alone. Where yeah, you just, I would agree with that. You walk and you walk. I admittedly used a guide because there's so many collectibles and stuff. And some That's of them, I don't know how you would figure out. You have to do certain controller movements. and It's just odd. But I believe that one also has a chapter select, Michelle. Pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, it does. So, chapter select and go through without a guide first. You may as well get it done. Someday. Someday. Um, Kenny, any thoughts on this one? Or this hasn't. I have it downloaded. Oh. I have it downloaded. Haven't played it yet. It's on the list. I'll probably right. get into it here soon. Well, then you can share your thoughts at that point. Uh, next up on the list, we have Monopoly Plus, which was the one game I looked at this list and went, I'm not sure if we have that or not. Uh, Elle, yeah, do you have an answer for me? Um, <laughs> I get it confused with, what is it, Monopoly Deal? Yep, Monopoly yeah. Deal. Oh, I don't think we have it. Funny, I was just okay. thinking that was Monopoly Deal mm. also. I know that's a real easy one. Right, it's another one to two hour completion. And this is a pretty steep discount. This one's normally $15 and is on sale this week for four fifty. So that's a good price to get it at. And also the game is part of the Hasbro Family Fun Bundle, which includes Monopoly Plus, Risk, Scrabble, and Trivial Pursuit. That's normally $40 for the full package and is marked down to 16 I will not pretend to be overly familiar with the whole package, mostly Risk and Scrabble. I like Scrabble as a game. I play it, you know, like the actual game, not on uh, an Xbox from time to time. Uh, Trivial Pursuit is okay, but runs very long when you're getting through the last achievement or two. But these are both good sales, and Monopoly Plus in particular, if you're looking for the quick achievement fix, is a really good bargain at, at $450. Um, Kenny, you have any thoughts on this one? Does the game itself or the package interest you? I actually have Monopoly Plus. Oh. Um, there's actually a stack for the, well, 360 and then the one. Yep. I yeah, I think I have the 360 one, which is why I get confused, or I have it on my tag at least. There's I completed it on the one. 
And then on the 360, I have one achievement left, and it's a little luck-based. It's, um, crap. I think you got, you have to, like, earn money on your first turn, I believe it is, or something like that, where, you know, you have, someone has to land on your property in their first turn, and it's luck-based. I've gone for it for a bunch. It's just not popping for me. I can't get it. it it's collect a rent during your first turn. So there it not is. only do you have to be able to buy something, the your opponent has to land on it. That's no, a pain in it. the neck. Yeah, we both but have it, it done for the 360. That's what it was, Michelle. And it's backwards compatible, so we played it on our ones, I think. So yeah. that, was, that was it. But isn't the achievement you guys were just talking about one where you can plug in one or more... Um, extra controllers and try as best as you can to rig it. Obviously it still requires some luck, hmm. but you can, play or you with can set the max number of, of players. Um, there, there, there are ways to, to rig that one, maybe not effective ways, but they, they exist. Yeah. And the first uh, sentence of the, the guide for that one is start a six player local multi player game using one controller yep. uh, oh that's right yep, yep. that was just about to say so, that. yeah i i did this game uh apparently i did it in one day uh just under four hours i don't really remember much about it but yeah. it's monopoly if you yeah. like monopoly 450 is <laughs> not bad it does apparently have an achievement that's marked as both glitchy in a good way and glitchy as a bad way on ta the lucky draw achievement uh it's for getting more than a hundred monopoly dollars thanks to a card oh right. uh, i remember that yeah, that's apparently the last one I got in the game, and I'm thinking that's just because I'm really unlucky, not because the achievement's glitchy. But it is mm-hmm. marked, and it, and again, it's marked as both a positive glitchy and a negative glitchy. So if you're not familiar with what that means on TA, that means sometimes it pops before you meet the condition, and sometimes it doesn't pop when you meet the condition. So there is a bit of a random element, but the ratio... A random element on top of the already random element of drawing the right card, but the ratio for the game or for that achievement is a one point one. So it's clearly not too out of whack. Yeah, I believe for that one where it's um, glitchy is you if you get exactly a hundred, it doesn't count. But if you get the one twenty or one fifty or whatever the cards are, then it pops. Oh, maybe so. Oh. other thing to keep in mind with this game is even though you can play a multiplayer it is all host only achievements so this isn't something where you can log in a couple people if you're doing something like a g task and you have a team you're playing with and you're trying to get them achievements it's it's only going to work for the host profile so keep that in mind if that's a consideration for you and Uh, um, real quick with the hasbro family fun pack uh if that is something you're interested in like we said the monopoly plus that's a one to one to two hour completion Scrabble is also one to two hour completion. Trivial yes. Pursuit is a eight to ten, and then Risk is a twenty to twenty five hour completion. I was going to mention that as well, Kenny. Very good, taking some initiative. <laughs> um, I'm in the same boat actually as our buddy Kronos, who we already own Trivial Pursuit. Mm-hmm. So I think we're waiting for Scrabble to drop to around five dollars, and don't want to buy the fun pack for sixteen. Because it also includes Trivial Pursuit that we have already, even though it's still probably a better bargain for 16 for the th- other three games. <laughs> if the fourth game in the package, if Risk was an easier completion or a shorter completion or a game that I could possibly see myself playing like when my nieces and nephews are over on Xbox, it would be uh, 
it would be a no-brainer to pick that one up, even with Trivial Pursuit, because the total price is so low. And keep in mind, each of these games is normally $15 on mm-hmm. its own. So the price for all four of them is a, a dollar more this week. But it Risk is not that game. It was something like Battleship or Yahtzee or something of that nature. Um, those would be games that I could see putting in some controllers and playing with other people. Or if the risk list was shorter, then it has value as an easy gamer score game. Uh, but risk being that fourth game makes that package not as desirable for me. I'll probably wind up biting on Monopoly Plus, though, this week. Fun fact, Scrabble has only went on sale one time, down to $10 uh, three years ago. Ooh. Wow. This oh, that is a fun fact. The time to pop this up. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. And finally, on this list of easy gamer score games that are available this week on sale, we have Albedo, and that's a two to three hour completion with another steep discount. It's normally fourteen dollars and is marked all the way down to two eighty. I am going to ask the panel if anyone here played it real quick, but I also want to make a note, uh, spoiler warning for the future of the podcast this week. Uh, my understanding is Waka has Waka Pale has quite the take on it, and I'm very excited to hear it later. So I think we'll probably discuss this one very, very briefly because there's going to be a full portion dedicated to it later. Uh, have you guys played this? Any quick thoughts you want to share? I have not. It's on my list, and now it's expedited because Waka <laughs> has made me want to play it that much more. So be sure to listen to his take on it. Because it definitely convinced me to play it. And what about your take, Al? Um, we talked about this game on our much maligned sales and sandwiches episode. He uh, air quotes sang its praises on that particular <laughs> episode, um, which I'm with Corey. That makes me want to play it more just to see how bad it is. All right, and uh, so for Kenny? that price, yeah. I I'm in the same boat. I have not played it. Here, my Waka said previously, and got, and we've gotten a little bit of a glimpse as to what of what he's going to talk about later on. It's terrible, but I kind of want to play just because of how bad. <laughs> as much as Waka's saying, "Don't play it," it's just making me want to play it. <laughs> I, I just love how Waka Pale's complete. I, dislike disdain. isn't even the right word. Yeah, disdain for this game is going to drive sales. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's just the way we roll. But that's that's all the games. This, and that's a good selection of games this week. If you're looking, if you're working on your uh, Foof in Ear challenge, for example, these are all good games to help you pad your score. Um, but of them, I'm probably going to pick up Monopoly Plus, not the whole Hasbro Family Fun Bundle. And there's really nothing else in the sale that I was looking at. So I've talked enough. Uh, Corey, what are you thinking about picking up this week? Uh, well, there's no thinking. It's already done. And <laughs> I picked up this. So I picked up two games this week. One's not on sale. And uh, the other one what? is. One of them is for me. That is Trials Rising. And the other one is for my buddy Elroy. And that is Hotel Transylvania <laughs> 3 oh, Monsters Overboard. Uh, it's a six to eight hour completion. So it's right in, right up his alley. And it's twelve dollars down from forty, so that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Yep. These movie tie-in games are getting more and more, um, more and more rare in terms of release. Have you heard anything about this? Is it well, re- not well reviewed, but is it at least 
like playable. Or... I know absolutely nothing about it. <laughs> okay. I, I don't expect it to be a, a donut county, but uh, I do expect <laughs> it to be better than North. So it does have a little bit of a reputation to uphold. Better than North um, doesn't mean much. Yeah. Hey, I mean, you never know. It it does come from publisher Outright Games, and I'm just going to throw in my quick conspiracy theory. Uh, the past few weeks, they've had some sales of, I think, Nicktoons Racers, and I saw Ben 10 on there. And when I looked it up, I'm like, those are Outright Games. Hotel Transylvania is Outright Games. Hmm. hmm. You know what else is Outright Games? Paw Patrol on a roll. So, oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm, gonna, on the tub. I'm calling it right now. It's going on sale within the next two weeks. And I will right. pick it up as soon as it hits. I don't have kids, so I don't know what Paw Patrol really is. Other than the cartoon that's going to create more furries later on down the road. <laughs> okay, whatever. Skip right on over that. You picking up anything <laughs> else? You're not supposed. Uh, you're going to ask me what Michelle's buying us this week? Well, are you buying anything saying? for her with her credit card? <laughs> Uh, yes, since Chip keeps begging us, uh, Uno is on sale again for $5. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably going to happen. And that seems like a game that my son would like. Also, he played the 361. Keep your mind out of the gutter, Kenny. And <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, you're too young. But yes, the 360 version was known for uh, the Uno cam and people doing naughty oh. things while, while playing Uno. I forgot about that. But they, uh, I think he would like the one version. It's and uh, Chip, chill Chip wants to make game. us play at midnight. Ugh, Chip. Wrong Get out of the West Coast. Midnight on a weeknight, too, right? So it's, it's oh boy. Well, we can't say we've never done that before, so. Very true, very true. So we're it's, looking out for you, it's a pretty chill game, and uh, I can recommend it for $5. Can Mrs. Foos yeah, help definitely. us with that? Um, Add her in the Discord. See if she'll help. I will. Another pro to getting Uno on sale this week is that there's plenty of people in the community that uh, have it. That's for sure. So you only need four players to boost it. And after hearing Elroy try to boost it the other day, ugh, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. That was amazing. You couldn't even figure out basic numbers. <laughs> I mean, best. it's a Spanish game. What do you expect from them? That's true. Darn what is this? What is this Uno stuff? What is this S- Skype? <laughs> that says Skip Elroy. It's not Spanish. Oh, okay. You Yankee. <laughs> it was a fun ch- fun time. I think it was only the second time I've ever heard him in party chat. Outside of Hawken. Which doesn't count for the BCM. Whatever that word was last week. The Ornithopter. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Foo, your wallet's been pretty dry this whole year. Are you continuing the trend? I don't think so. Oh, what? That's because I got a gift card. Um, <laughs> thank you, Bing. I Bing! think I'm probably gonna, I'm finally gonna pull the trigger on the Crash Bandicoot Insane trilogy. I'm not gonna lie; I actually mm. kind of forgot about this. Uh, I wanted to pick it up after I completed Spyro, but I think I'm going to get it this week. Typically $40 down to 25 Not the best sale, but it's probably not going to go too much lower. At least not anytime soon. And it's three, and yeah, it's it's three games, and this will get me hyped for Crash Team Racing. So I think I'm going to be getting this one. It sounds like you're challenging me on Crash Insane because you lost 
are raised on Spyro. <laughs> I think that's what I'm picking up here. I sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I've watched you try to do the bridge level, so. Well, I finally beat it, Mister. Congratulations! After 500 deaths. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> that is not an easy level, to be fair. But yeah, along with all those games that were on sale, we got some "quote unquote" free games coming. We got some games coming to the Game Pass. Rocker, would you like to read these off? That is my name, and uh, sure. Uh, so three main talking points here. And we'll hit him real quick. Batman Return to Arkham is coming to Game Pass. That is a bundle including Arkham Asylum, which is a Metroidvania. And that was my L voice. And Arkham <laughs> City, which is you uh, forgot that. another Batman game, <laughs> I'm told. Uh, also coming to Game Pass is Epic Mickey 2, which is a 360 backwards compatible game. And then the one I'm the most excited for, Headlander which is another Castle Royd. Hashtag gains. <laughs> and it, it was one on my wish list, so um, yeah, it'd be nice to get it done without having to pay for it. I assume at least two-thirds of the rest of this crew is uh, going to pick that one up and knock it out. Sure, totally. And I get to Michelle start... Michelle will pick it up and t- knock it out. <laughs> I get to start... <laughs> I get to start Batman Arkham City again and uh, visit Calendar Man and not do the campaign for a second time. Mm. So if I'm, if my quick maths uh, are correct, uh, if if you want it to join in on the Castle Royd uh, fusion that we have going on all of 2019, but you don't want to put a lot of money into it, Game Pass is becoming uh, quite the asset in that competition if uh if you wanted to participate because not only do you now have arkham asylum and headlander uh, don't forget that dandara uh, one of the shantae's is in there and you have do you have both ori's in game pass or is it just one i think just oh maybe both because i only have one downloaded to my hard drive and the other one shows up all right well let's just say it's one that's a that's a minimum of five games right there and i think guacamelee's in there maybe maybe not Mm mm-hmm so you have like five or six games that you could participate with, and uh, you definitely should because they're all, well, I can't say for all of them, half of them are pretty good. <laughs> so yeah, a quick uh, shout out to the Metroidvanias out there. Yay. It looks like just Ori and the Blind Force, the, the Definitive Edition is in there. That makes sense. I'm glad you asked. There it is. All right. And with that, let's get to our community questions. chip pa 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 once that's not his name anymore chip chap good point chippy chappy chip there you go yeah. chippy chappy he wants to know what's our most anticipated game for 2019 not including any of the games releasing in february it sounds like his january question what's your most anticipated game for 2019 not including games releasing in january <laughs> but, but we, we'll take that, it right that it's good oh what's your most anticipated game uh you know my answer crackdown three yeah we're repeating the same answers right not releasing in february oh plus that's already released Mm, anthem already released in february (laughs) michelle what's your (laughs) (laughs) 
looks like Elf forgot to do his homework this no, week. No, I was going to say um, <laughs> um, that I didn't do my homework. I really am not interested in anything, to be honest. Except for Mish's answer. <laughs> I'll come up with something. <laughs> All right. Well, music? I did come up with something, because when the questions come through, I immediately start thinking of answers so I could decide which panels I'm going to force my way onto. Uh <laughs> For me, the answer is Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which we spent a good deal of time talking about last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, That first trailer looks amazing and looks like just about everything I'm hoping this game will be. I'm still sad that I got the physical version for some reason, but that that reason being that 2015 was a very different time. Uh, But yeah, that's, that's the one on the list for me in the vague window of summer 2019. So I... That's it in a nutshell. Kenny, what's on deck for you? For me, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, <laughs> but definitely Crash Team Racing. Mm-hmm. Super hyped for that game. Can't, can't wait for that one to come out. What about you, Corey? Well, as I do, I put a list of games, and I just won. And so I put on my list Mortal Kombat 11, Crash Team Racing, Project Session, and... Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. I forgot about that so game. I'm, were, ex- I'm gonna add that to my list also. N- well, if if we're just picking one, and I had a gun to my head, I would probably pick Power Rangers. I knew about the other three last year. Power Rangers kind of popped up out of nowhere, and it's probably gonna be kind of bad. But Power Rangers <laughs> is also kind of my thing, so I I, I want to see it and. I will get it to support them and tell them, make a good Power Rangers game. Put Coda in it. Which one of the multiple Power Rangers universes is this game supposed to be set in? Uh, I don't think it's probably set in any particular one. Uh, But fun fact, there are three known dimensions. Oh. Yeah. Um, Well. Awesome. I grew up in a time where there was one Power Rangers series, so the rest <laughs> of it's fairly unknown to me. I just know there's a whole bunch, but uh, it's always nice when a franchise you like finally is, is getting a little bit uh, out of the, the initial realm and into the video game. So I hope for you that it goes well and you'll have more opportunities to purchase a good Power Rangers game somewhere down the line. Yeah, and maybe it'll, it'll surprise us. <laughs> well. But it, there's a lot of Power Rangers uh, news going on there with... with uh, there's just a lot of Power Rangers stuff going on right now, and it's exciting times. You can talk about so, it. So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's the show a, will be faster because half of, half the, of us will just sign off. But the other half will be super into it. Yeah. Judging by, I think, uh, Mike Pitch and uh, Thomas both having Power Rangers-related icons, you know, there's, there's some traction there in the Discord. If you don't know what it is, it's, it's Power Rangers Battle for the Grid is going to be a fighting game, uh, but I don't think it's going to be your typical uh, 1v1 game. I think it's going to be like team-based. Uh, mm-hmm. Some designer from another fighting game that's very popular is working on it as well, uh, but I have no idea what that is, so don't at me, brah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, L, L, we've stalled long enough. Did, did you I did a little homework. Okay. There we go. Whose notes, who's notes did you copy? <laughs> Crack down two backwards compatible. Um, wrecking zone. Wrecking zone. The, 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 um, the other underrated game that no one's ever heard of, Final Fantasy VII. 
was just put out for pre-order. That comes out March 25th for $16. And Final Fantasy X and X-2 Remaster come out in April, and Final Fantasy XII as well. But I don't think those will be bought for $50 from me. But those are cool to look forward to. Um, Michelle, you know what? What, 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 what may or may not come out in the vein, same vein as Crackdown? Psychonauts 2. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's this little collection of games like Psychonauts 2, Beyond Good and Evil 2, <laughs> um, that just are stuck forever in this development limbo. And then they eventually come out and they get poor reviews and then people get all flustered. It's the same story over and over again. But... Did either of them have any news regarding a, or did Psychonauts 2 have news regarding a 2019 release or just I, a just-in-development news piece? I think so, but I don't know. I doubt it. I mean, it was Final Fantasy VII is clearly some, like, C-plus work from you because I know that's not a game you're anticipating. But there might be people <laughs> uh, listening who are... Uh, or speaking right now. Well, I... The... the how old was that when Final Fantasy VII came out? Sixteen, something like that. Mm-hmm. So the 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 sixteen year old in me, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, so sixteen year old who remembers being like a junior in high school and being super pumped for this game to come out and just ready to dig into it is really excited about the fact that it's coming out with achievements. The version of me twenty some years later is honestly telling myself you're just never going to sit down and play it at that level it it just i maxed out the hour counter in that game i maxed out many of the weapons and the levels and got all the limit breaks like pretty much everything in that game that you could do i did and that's because i think the only games i had at that time on my playstation one were final fantasy 7 and like parappa the rapper or something like that that was really (laughs) casual very different games yeah well you know my tastes were more varied back then but it's it just i didn't have many other video game options and now every time i turn on my xbox i look at the 740 games between install and ready to install and it's like cable i just flip through them all and go i don't play any of this and turn off my console so yes there's a part of me that's very excited for final fantasy with achievements but i also know realistically i don't know if i'll get to it however the price point's pretty fair on it I know you mentioned 10 and 10 too are 50 yeah. and 12, but I think Final Fantasy 7 is like 16. Yeah, it's 15.99. Really? We actually talked earlier. I uh, It was very interesting. Today I happened to bring up that I was surprised that more people are not playing Final Fantasy 9, and that is $22. I Not think, that I really care about Final Fantasy or want to, this mm-hmm. conversation to go on, but is it playing suck. anywhere? Um, well, yeah, Sexy XE brought to to our attention that 7 doesn't have to play anywhere designation. I don't know if that would make it cheaper, but that's the only thing I could think of. Uh, is as that I've something learned recently, they, I don't trust that on brand right. new games. <laughs> it could yeah, Is that something we generally know at this juncture? But... But also Final Fantasy Nine, um, it's a port of like I don't remember a mobile version or yeah, that was PC the other version. Thing. So there's some stuff about it that's not great. I don't know how it's going to be with Seven because they could port the PC version. But I know Ten and Ten Two and Twelve are going to have graphical updates yes. and, and things like that that 
better justify a higher price point. I don't know if it justifies that higher price point. Although, keep in mind, we spent that much on these games when they were new. Uh, we're just so conditioned to not paying that much anymore. Uh, so we'll we'll see. I mean, I'm looking at Final Fantasy IX now, and it has just under 2,000 tracked gamers, which doesn't sound great. But not everyone on T, not everyone's on TA, and for a game that's at a $21 price point, that isn't an easy completion. That's actually a fair number of trackers. I'm not saying that's great. I'm not justifying it as a great number, but in the context of everything, that's that's good against other games that have come out lately that don't fall into the easy gamer score or very cheap pile and aren't big AAA games or in Game Pass. I think uh, 7 probably is the most nostalgia-driven one for most people. Mm-hmm. I'm getting it. Yeah. And yeah. I would say 9 was a departure from 7. They're, they're quite different. 9 brought back a lot of the stuff from the earlier games. Uh, I don't know if I would say they were quite different. Um, in terms of storytelling and, and how it feels, yes, but it's still a turn-based RPG. At its heart, it's still a turn-based mm-hmm. RPG. So it's it's really not not that distinct. And if you like a turn-based RPG, you're going to be happy. And if you don't like a turn-based RPG, it's not going to change your mind. Um, you know, for people who skip cutscenes, <clears throat> not that there's anyone here who does that, a Final Fantasy Weirdos. game will <laughs> never be your thing uh no matter how good they are <clears throat> um all that said i probably will get final fantasy 7 if for no other reason than to say hey i'm interested in your ports of old games could you please get me final fantasy 4 or final fantasy 6 thank you mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that that would be my my strategy in purchasing it and maybe maybe if uh, final fantasy 7 hits game pass and is on the switch i'll play it portably oh one quick question before we move on Mm-hmm. The Final Fantasy X and X two is that fifty dollars for both of them, or uh, are they both fifty? I believe they're a package deal. I think they're a combo. Yeah, I may. They are for the PlayStation. I will probably. Well, they pick didn't that come up. out initially that way for the PlayStation, but eventually there was a I combo pack did. released. No, they did. Ten and ten two did not come out. Oh, uh, the remaster did. That's what I yes, meant. Yes, the remaster. That's what did, I meant. Yes. I haven't played that since a very long time ago. It's been a very since long the womb. It's been a very long time since I played ten. <laughs> I don't even remember it. Besides Blitzball, Orin, and that horrible laugh. So I would <laughs> I would love to be able to go back to that and play that. You just mentioned the things that everyone remembers about that game. <laughs> That's mm. not helping yeah. my desire to play it. <laughs> I, I have no desire to buy ten ten two. I actually thought ten two was pretty fun. Uh, they did change some things a little bit with the with the gameplay, and I know they said that they're uh, they're updating something with uh, I, I believe with both of them that there there was like a job grid, and in the original release of the game you could not reassign anything in the grid, and I think in this version you're going to be able to reassign those points, which is helpful because I remember when playing ten, one of my characters I can't tell you which because I don't remember my my build out was just terrible i just completely misjudged the path but there was no way to undo it so that that's a nice addition but i 10 overall was not a game i would want to buy at the 16 dollar price point again so i'm definitely not spending 50 for the combo but a lot of people did like 10 and for a lot of people that was their introduction to the franchise so again it's cool to have it accessible it's cool to have it with an achievement list like that that was definitely when I first bought a 360, like thinking of all these games I played growing up, like, oh, I'd love to play it for achievements. So it's becoming a reality. So that that is very cool. That's funny. 
I think I did the exact same thing with the class system and the traits and whatnot. But let's move on. <laughs> let's get to the BCM or N, or N frame holes week uh, completion challenge. This week is Mother Gaia. Complete a game that takes place on planet Earth. Kind of an easy one since I would assume most games take place on Earth. But just for clarifications, this is from the big Kahuna himself, Framehole. It has to be, uh, there has to be proof that it's Earth. So how much proof? I don't know. You can make that call. For me, I'm going to go with Full Blast. Uh, there's mm. humans, and mm-hmm. Ko thirty five isn't a real thing, so I'm going full blast. <laughs> Humanoids. <laughs> there's humans and jet planes and what seems to be Actually, is there aliens attacking LA. Person? Do you see a person in that game? Yes, you see yourself, the pilot. Okay. okay. Tell, tell me, do you think Gears of War takes place on Earth? Uh, yes. I no, think. it takes place on Sarah, a named planet. So you have to be careful when you're using these sorts of examples. So it has humans, it has obvious mechanical things, it has alien invasions, but it's on a, a specifically non-Earth named planet. Frame so, dogs in that hat. <clears throat> just, just putting it out there. Just putting it out there. Well, if <laughs> that doesn't count, then... Like Halo. Pick Halo. I've already completed <laughs> Halo 3. Or else I would have. <laughs> You could pick any Call of Duty game. <laughs> Ugh, I have a good answer. What do you got? Firewatch. This was my January random BCM game, and I completed it. And here's the first line from firewatchgame.com. Uh, I'll preface this with using the right word that I go. didn't find this as an easy category based off what I've already completed this year. This was really the only one that kind of stood out to me. Anyways, back to the game. Firewatch is a mystery set in the Wyoming wilderness. Uh, blah, blah, blah. There's my proof. Dunzo. Nice. Something I also, when I was thinking about this, a lot of, and this is a little tip, a lot of the Neo Geo games count, at least the fighting games, because when you're picking all, yeah, yeah, you're right. when you're picking them, point. it shows, you know, what country they're from, Japan, America, oh. whatever, so... That's a really good point. If you mm. want an easy game, you can Arrow do fighters. any yes. of those. Yeah, you can do Arrow Fighters. <laughs> Pick a Japanese fighter. There you go. And uh, Black and White Bushido is also definitely in Japan, right? Definitely. It can't be anywhere else. <laughs> Someone's got a case of the Devilies. Definitely's. And uh, The Walking definitely. Dead uh, Season 1 that we never used before. <laughs> they definitely talk about Atlanta, right? So, yeah. To- sure. Totally. What about you, Michelle? Which All right, Corey's taking a poop. We could talk poop, <laughs> talk poop about him. Right. Uh, we'll sidestep that conversation for a moment. These are all great choices that I had not considered of a fighting game because you know you're choosing people from places on Earth is awesome. Now, uh, now, yeah. real quick, that I only know of the Neo Geos. When bringing that up, like Mortal Kombat, I don't know if that specifically is Earth. But just because you said fighters. I, I think that at least in the old Mortal Kombat, like each character has a little st- stat screen and it says where they're from. And I think they're from named locations on planet Earth. Okay. Um, so that that may very well count. Um, I had put down because I wasn't 
I wasn't thinking easy. I was thinking hard, apparently, and not hard in that I was coming up with an answer, but looking at my recent game playlist and thinking which one would actually count. Um, Guacamole takes place in Mexico. Or oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. So, uh, I put down Guacamole too, although I guess one can argue it's not really taking place on Earth because it's taking place on the darkest timeline in the Mexiverse. But Guacamole one definitely takes place. In and around Mexico, according to, uh, you know, I mean, it's fiction Mexico, but it's Mexico. So uh, I still need to do that on 360. So I put that down for my choice. Uh, L, what about you? I basically said what I had to say. I'll pick Arrow Fighters uh, just as a random game that I remembered that you picked someone. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm stealing an answer from Foof. No. Hey, it's an easy one. It's a Neo Geo, and Arrow Fighters is actually good. It's one of the few good Neo Geo games. What about you, Corey? I'm going to pick Firewatch, oh, because I looked up every game I completed on their websites to see if they mentioned Earth. Elf. Elf. That one did. He's done pooping. Oh, hi, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> He's back. You didn't even flush, dude. Did you wash your hands? Uh, you don't need to. My mom Fire, told, me, taught me how to pee right. Oh, oh, you sit like your Tennessee also. brethren. Gotcha. I don't know what your your proof was, but does Guacamole really take place in Mexico? They do mention Mexico. Okay. Now that, that, that it takes We're place in a be. fictional Mexico, um, but mm-hmm. so whether or not that counts because it's not this Earth, but I guess you can argue any video game's taking place in a fictional version of Earth, so that would. Uh, I, look, the the world is wide open now with all this ACA Neo Geo stuff that suddenly <laughs> came to my attention as a reasonable <laughs> choice. So I, I feel true. like this this one actually is difficult on the surface because as Kenny mentioned, Freem says it has to note somewhere that it is on Earth because you can assume a lot of games are taking place on, on planet Earth and they may not be. Gears of War being a, a good example of something like that. So, or if you're playing a Star Wars game, they all seem like, you know, it's it's humans. You gotta remember, it's taking place in space, even though they all have British accents. So, it's it's not that easy. I mean, I guess you could play a Harry Potter game. That would count, right? Harry Potter is established to be in England. So that's something else you could do. But it, it can be a little tricky. So just, this might be an easier one to finish the year or get toward the end of the year. Look at what you have completed and see what you can pick out just like right. you did Corey. for sure and, and that's not real there. michelle did they, they, they fly on brooms and stuff no it's established it's in england though oh yeah do they have that quidditch over there in england uh, sure why not okay right. segue kenny they have pornhub in england <laughs> <laughs> uh the queen's pornhub i don't know how quidditch segues so let's get out of here but I'll, okay then um <laughs> Well, you could get on your broomstick and fly on out of the conversation. Okay, well, that'll about do it for us. Coming up is a very sequential... Wait, no, it's not. Um, the <laughs> three of them are you know, still on summer vacation, so we're not having a very sequential segment this week. But we will have some more reviews coming up. And then after that, we have Wakapeo and his Albedo review or segment. Or what? He's going to be talking about that, which... It should be very good. Uh, 
as always, please be sure to follow the show at the usual places. You know, follow us, the Mixer, you know, Mixer.com slash AH101. Follow us at, on Twitter at Achievements101. And you can listen to the shows in multiple locations. iTunes, Lipson, Spotify, Not Pornhub, YouTube, uh, whatever you're listening to us on. Like and review us and smash that subscribe button so you get all of our shows. And lastly, be sure to join the Discord. Uh, Discord link is discord.io slash ah101. All right, guys. Class dismissed. See you next week. Bong. Hello and welcome to another review with Wakapail and Kushmuth. Hey, thanks for having me back. Today we will be reviewing Old Man's Journey, published and developed by Broken Rules and as a release date of the 4th of March 2019. It is a point-and-click game, but uh, I'd consider it more of a drag-and-drop game. It features uh, Xbox Play Anywhere, and it might actually be easier to play with a mouse than with a controller. And the game tells the story of an old man that receives a letter with seemingly dire news and he packs up his things and decides to go for a long walk. The story is uh, told without using words or text. It is rather simple but it is effectively told. The game can also be enjoyed in uh, co-op. I had no idea that was an option until my son uh, decided to pick up a second controller and uh, a pointer appeared on the screen and he played maybe a third of the game with me and uh, seemed to enjoy it. It's probably a rather nice game to play with a child or someone who's not very used to gaming as it is very easy, quite engaging and uh, while it has some serious subjects uh, they are not presented in a very threatening manner. Yeah, as I was playing the game, uh, actually as I was describing the game to someone else, it reminds me actually of a child's book with the little flaps where you would you'd peel back a piece of the page and you would see something behind that flap, like a little hidden something or you'd see a little bit of text back behind there. Because there are areas of the screen uh, that you can interact with. You can scare birds, you can close windows or shutters, and you can raise or... Uh, garage doors or you know affect the environment a little bit but for the most part it doesn't have any sort of impact on the level um some of those things are tied to achievements and some of those things are just tied to just having fun uh with the level uh, and so yeah so when you say it could be a lot of fun for a kid it reminds me of, of a child's book very much so yeah it rem- reminds me of the children's game that my daughter is enjoying at the moment and she's two so it's just press things and make things happen Old Man's Journey is a one to two hour completion. Yeah, I was playing it over the course of a day, um, taking lots of breaks uh, between levels. And uh, the way I would describe the gameplay, uh, at first you feel like it's a point and click, like because you can adjust the shutters, you can scare away birds, you can kind of go left or right uh, on the first screen. And you kind of think, okay, well, I'm going to be finding things. I'm going to be trying to use this on that. I'm going to be looking at every object. But you quickly realize, no, this game is more about navigating and the way you navigate through the levels is by connecting lines. Every screen has a series of, uh, I want to say, like parallax levels. You can raise and lower them to certain extremes. Some go really far, some only go a little bit. And basically what you're trying to do, the puzzle that you're trying to solve uh, for each of these screens is 
how can I get my guy uh, from this point to this point while moving um, these various intermediate pieces, adjusting them so that they form a line that he can traverse uh, and get all the way down to the end. Most of them are easy, um, but there are a few screens where the path, the optimal path, doesn't really present itself right away. And that's that's the fun. Uh, the fun is actually just the beautiful animations, the beautiful uh, backgrounds, the flashback scenes that, t- that convey the story. That That's really where the joy in this game comes from. And I think it's an enjoyable uh, one to two hours. I, I don't think you're going to find yourself bored. I don't think there's any part that really drags a whole lot. And, and the mechanic kind of is over before it wears itself out, I think. Yeah, I found the game very easy. You are mainly dragging uh, the environments around until they've connected in a way so that you can make progress. The achievements are actually really nice. There are only 12 of them. Only one is story related. You get one achievement for completing the game. The rest are for finding hidden points to click on during the chapters. There are 15 chapters I believe and there is a chapter select making it very easy to mop up any achievement that you have missed during your playthrough. Uh, Kushmoos has actually put up a few of the trickier achievements uh, as guides on true achievements already. Yeah, I I would recommend playing through without looking at those solutions. Just enjoy the game. It is so short. You know, it's it's at the max of two hours. Um, and when you do go back to do your cleanup, most times you don't even need to finish the entire level. Most of the times the thing you're looking for is, is right at the beginning of the level. Um, and it would only take you a minute or two at the most to backtrack. So I, I would say, unless you're just in it for the score and... There are some people that do that. I would recommend playing through and then go do your cleanup. And actually, as you had said, uh, the game might be easier on uh, Play Anywhere with a PC. And one of the guides that I was going to put up, but I haven't done so yet, is uh, for the tricky achievements where you're trying to... I don't want to give too much away. (laughs) I don't think it's that much of a spoiler, but uh, you are trying to assemble tracks, track pieces, so that you don't ever stop. Uh, You want your uh, progress from left to right on this one scene to just continue uh, unimpeded. And um, that's a little bit hard with the controller, but if you put it in windowed mode on the PC and you shrink it down really small, then the travel distance you have to go with your mouse is really small. And it's very easy to uh, quickly assemble the track uh, in time. Once I did that, I had no issues. And in fact, I didn't realize you could use a mouse until, I want to say, the level after this train level that you're working on. And when I came back, I realized, oh, I could use the mouse for that. So that was actually my first backtrack was to go to that uh, and then use my my trackball because it's even harder to move a trackball quickly. Uh, and accurately than it would be a mouse. So that's how I discovered that point. The achievement is far from impossible with a controller as well. And it's not as difficult as it sounds. Train can actually slow down. You don't have to be perfect about it. It just can't come to a complete stop. Oh, okay. So I I must have really messed up then the one or two times. And I was just a little bit too... uh hypersensitive about it. The game is $10. I've certainly played worse $10 games. That said, it is a one to two hour story. The replay value is very low. Yeah, I I would say once you've completed this game and you've gotten all the enjoyment out of it, the only time you're going to pop it back in is to show someone else what other types of games there are on the Xbox that aren't first-person shooters, that aren't platformers. Uh, this is this is a great example of a beautiful game that is very different from any other game you've played on the Xbox. But as far as replayability, you're probably not going to be playing this once you're done with it. I'd recommend it for uh, anyone wanting quick score it's certainly one of the more enjoyable short games on the xbox but for the rest i'd suggest wait for a price drop yeah sounds like a good idea well that's it for us 
Yeah, thanks again for having me. Thanks, Kushmus. Bye, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Reviews 101, where we're going to give you some quick takes on the games that we've had the great privilege of being able to review. Uh, in the following segment, you're going to hear reviews of five games that we've been able to play lately, and these will be Awesome P, Bombfest, Almost There, Daggerhood, and Mulletman. So without further ado, Corey, I know you're here to lead the discussion on a couple of these, and L, you as well, and then myself. So we're going to lead off with Awesome P, which Corey will talk to us about. So take it away, Corey. Thank you very much. Awesome P is a game published by Sometimes You, one of our staple developers as of late, developed by Pigeon Dev, and it releases on March 1st, 2019. Uh, the genre is a platformer, and that is true to its nature. So this is a game that is reminiscent of a Game Boy, even down to the display. Uh, that meaning it's entirely green. It's the, it's the green color of a pea and different shades of it. Um, going back to the retro nostalgic look into the settings, uh, by default, you even have the curved monitor look as well as a CRT effect that you can turn off. Um, when it comes to gameplay, uh, you are simply traversing a level, uh, usually from left to right, uh, up to down, or down to up. And you are jumping on platforms and collecting coins and gems along the way. Now, uh, it's a very simple concept game, and it will not take you very long to uh, run through the entire thing. Uh, I don't have an exact hour count, but I imagine I spent no more than two hours uh, traversing across the 30 levels uh, that span four islands in the game. There really isn't much more to say about the gameplay uh, because it's a traditional, simple platform. Jump, land, and collect. Uh, I don't really know how to expand on it that much more. Uh, but what I can expand on a little bit is the achievements. There are 33 achievements in the game, and they can all be gotten from completing each of the game's 29 levels plus tutorial level, uh, as well as collecting all the treasures in each one. And then there are a couple of achievements for completing the entire island. So um, I mentioned that the map consists of four islands, and they each have their own achievement as well as, uh, again, each level. Now, uh, I said that I didn't play this game longer than two hours. Uh, that's pretty much uh, for the case for everybody that I know has played this game so far. There are 72 track gamers as of right now, 31 completions, and the game's not even out yet. And it amasses for 1,400 TA as of right now. Um, I expect it to go down a little bit, but it probably won't be the easiest game as far as uh, TA goes. Uh, still relatively easy with a 
uh, I don't know, probably two ratios, what it will end up being. And that is because some of the levels can get annoying and I do expect some people to uh, not finish them or just miss the collectibles. Personally, uh, I was flowing through the first island and got hung up on a cave level. Uh, again, there are, I did mention the ways you traverse a level from, you know, the directionals. Uh, but there are essentially four different levels that repeat throughout the entire game. Uh, I think it's four, it might be five. Uh, two of them are kind of like outside areas and you're going from left to right. One is, uh, you're climbing a tower, so that's down to up. And then one, you are usually traversing a cave that is dropping down. Uh, and so that one was the hardest because there's usually obstacles flying up that you have to avoid, uh, as well as uh, make it to the platform and not jump too far in order to grab any treasures that you might miss along the way. Now, the entire game is very easy to collect all the treasures throughout the level, relatively speaking, except for one, which it seems to give some people headaches and others not. Uh, for example, I know Michelle did not have any issues, but Ellen and I did on the world's official second level. Uh, third, if you want to count the tutorial, it is a tower level that you climb upwards and you have to collect uh, 17 coins, I believe, and three gems. And I only know the exact number because I've played this level many, many times. Uh, and that is because I kept missing a coin. Uh, that coin turned out to be uh, the, the game's only hidden coin. That, and it was slightly off screen. And so, yeah, that, that, that's basically it. I had to watch a video in order to figure out where it was. And that was my last achievement in the game. Uh, I, like I said, I did get the completion. And it was not a, not a bad experience. Uh, except for that one cave level. So, uh, L and Michelle, have you touched Awesome P yet? I actually started it up right before we recorded to okay. check it out yeah it definitely looked like a game boy game right um i actually immediately turned off the crt and what was the other one tube option yeah something like that looked a little better like i see what they were going for but it was just distracting yeah i uh to be honest i kept it on as much as i could and when i got to that cave level that just made me actually quit the, my first, you know, session. Uh, I ended up turning it off during that part because I thought it would make me better. And uh, it made me a little bit better, but yeah, kind of got messes with your eyes a little bit. Um, I only wound up doing the first three levels or four, including the tutorial. I wound up locking into that hidden off-screen coin, but I went up that tower of terror three or four times. Mm -hmm. And then just, I noticed you can go to the right off-screen, so... I just tried it and then it worked. The next level gave me a lot of problems. It was on a train and the achievement's called choo-choo. <laughs> but um, that's where all these... Um, one thing uh, that I didn't like in the game design was the number of coins and diamonds on top of the screen actually kind of blends in with the gameplay sometimes. So you're jumping around and you see other coins and diamonds and they kind of blend in with the with the top what would you call it the hub or um HUD. the display uh, yeah, the heads HUD. up display mm -hmm. yeah i don't know if you guys ran into that or not i didn't run into that but i had a sort of similar issue where there were times where i'd finish a level and I, i'd go in knowing okay i need three gems and i'd get to the end and go oh i didn't get three gems and then 
I did get three gems. Like it, I, I never turned the CRT options off. So I played with them on the entire run and yep. just stuff blends in so much because the look they were going for, it's, it's by design that I sometimes just didn't realize I had picked something up. Yeah, exactly. That's definitely a con of the uh, coding the entire game in one color, essentially. So, um, did you? And the the list is very straightforward. Like you were talking about, every level you just need to get all the coins and gems. Not sure why they even bothered differentiating them. They're all the treasures. And also, the other thing that I noticed is that they time you in all the levels, but I don't believe those that matters in terms of the achievements yeah they don't it's it's strictly uh collectibles uh one thing i did not try was um if once you go back to the hub world you can see how many you collected previously and uh, so i don't know if you can go back and just get the one you missed or if you have to get them all in one run uh one thing i do want to know is that when you die in this game or when you hit an enemy or an obstacle like a spike or something uh, you start at the beginning, so you have to do an entire run of that level uh, perfectly. You you can't mess up, uh, otherwise it will send you right back. And that that that's where it got real frustrating uh, on some of those uh, levels that I was just having difficulty with, because it you know you might take your time, uh, but if you hit something and just mess it up, you you're gonna pay for it and go all the way back to the beginning. Well, and something you had mentioned earlier on. Um struck me with regard to that but now i've lost my thought um (laughs) (laughs) um, oh yeah with the regard to the ta ratio that it's going to settle on in my run through the game i really felt like the hardest level was the the third one the choo-choo level that l referenced earlier i think that was the most (laughs) difficult level in the whole game and if this is a game you're getting to play fairly casually and i don't see a lot of people doing that necessarily but if they do uh, that might stop some people. It's it's not overly difficult, right? But between the fact that that, at least for me, was the highest difficulty spike and it was the third level and the hidden coin on stage two, which I don't recall encountering. I didn't consult any guides or anything during the game and I managed to find everything. Uh, and I was going to ask if that's because, if you played with the CRT mode off, if maybe it just displays differently, but you played with it on, right, Corey? That particular level, I experienced both ways, and it's off screen okay. both ways, yeah. Yeah, I, I must have just gotten lucky with it. Everything in the game is, oh, with those two two things happening early on in the game, someone might get stopped there. Now, most people who buy it are going to buy it because they hear it's an easy completion, and that's not a lie. Uh, so they'll get through it. But I, I agree that the, the ratio will probably settle on something about that 1.2 range because not everyone who gets it is going to be patient enough to go through it um there's one other type of level that's like a dungeon i i think where there will be like spikes that move up and down and moving platforms but none of it's really hard it is probably the most uninspired achievement list (laughs) uh because they're all just complete this world with all the treasure complete this world with all the treasure you completed the island but for six dollars it's not a bad game, and it is pretty easy. Yeah, I did think I I forgot the price. It is five ninety nine. Again, that's one of those weird prices where I think that they could should have just made it five dollars, uh, and it would probably mm-hmm. sell you know just that much more. But uh, still, uh, this kind of game, I think you know what you're getting yourself into. Uh, and uh, and do anybody have any other thoughts before I, I rate the game? 
I was just going to say a lot of people just aren't that great at platformers, so it's right. people yeah. might give up, like Michelle said. But I, yeah, before we went on, it took me a good 15, 20 minutes on that choo choo. And each run of the stage, if you get it right, is only a minute or two. Right. But it took, <laughs> oh, and it's just very jarring whenever you get hit once, you go right back to the beginning of the stage, yeah. which you also didn't mention. So you don't get no, Corey did lives. Mention it. He did. <laughs> he did. He, yes. he said a whole statement <laughs> on that. Oh, to- uh, totally. You mentioned that. I'm reiterating. Uh- <laughs> but it just goes to show how uh, in in the play that it's a significant enough issue. But none of the stages are that long. Some of the cave stages can be difficult because the there are bubbles that kind of that float up that can kill you, and halfway down the stage the pattern will change. It's always a preset pattern. But if if you typically know, okay, I can land on the left side of this platform and I'll be safe, there's usually a point about halfway through the level where, oh, no, it's going up the middle of the platform now. And you have to know to adjust for that. But it's really nothing too overwhelming. So that kind of leads to the question, out of how many, out of five peas in a pod, how many peas would you award Awesome P? Knowing what I was getting into uh, and it meeting my expectations for that, uh, I gave it a three out of five because I do think that it was tight enough to where the controls uh, felt like it was my fault when I died. Uh, so for that, I gave it a three out of five. All right. Three out of five peas. Awesome. How are you about the same from your little experience? You don't think you experienced enough to give it a, a rating? I have no problem with that rating. I'm anxious to delve into more levels. I... I did like also the music, the chiptune music. Yeah, the music was pretty good in the game, actually. You'll hear it a lot, but it, it's good. The the, music, the the different levels that I did, the music was different each level, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in games like this, they're all the same throughout. Yeah, I, mean, I would, if you're buying this game strictly as an achievement hunter, uh, I think a three is fair. The game doesn't overstay its welcome. The achievements are reasonably easy to get, like, Corey said the controls it controls how you expect it to control and the price is basically right i think if you're playing the game just as a game itself it rates a little lower because there's not a whole lot of content in there but for those who are into achievements it's a pretty easy recommendation especially if it goes on sale at a couple bucks off all right l you're up next I'm going to be talking about Bombfest from Whitethorn Digital and Sun and Event Studios. It retails for $19.99, and it is a one-to-four-player bombing game. Is bombing game an official genre? Yes. Oh, okay. There's Bomberman and nothing else. (laughs) But now we have Bombfest. And you can play it with bots. But I waited until I had some people around. I first played this game with my son and my wife. And we played for like a half an hour. And we had one bot and the bot kept killing us all. So we turned the bot off and then we had some more even matches. And then Michelle came over and she played it with me and my son for a little while. But then he got bored and then we went in achievement mode and we got two controllers each and you can get all of the achievements or most of the achievements with four controllers 
Um, there were one or two that took a little while, but overall, nothing too bad. Um, after I got all the achievements, there were still one or two more for unlocking everything. And you can quickly do this by uh, setting the bombs to go into overtime mode and rain on you so the level ends right away. Uh, one thing that was a little bit annoying is, is each level starts with a practice mode. So it's nice that there is a practice mode. Each bomb that you select to be playable in the level is available and you can try them out before playing. But it would have been nice to have the option to turn off practice mode. Um, each time you play a level, it tells you at the end how many more matches you have to play to unlock either uh, a new type of bomb or a cosmetic item or sometimes a new level. So in that regard, there was always something to play for, and that was pretty cool. That was a random unlock too, I believe, mm -hmm. um, because I noticed some higher ratio achievements that were for specific matches and I happened to, or specific places and I happened to unlock those fairly early. So, uh, yeah, it was random and there are achievements tied to unlock oh, really? different, uh, the cosmetics and the stages, which are, you know, separated. I, I think too, you also get game mode sometimes as, as unlocks. So you'll get a big head yes. mode or a, a gravity a modifier. Gravity. Yeah, modifiers. Yeah, modifier, yes. yeah. Yeah. Modifier. Um, well, for me, everything at the end was all cosmetic unlocks. I'm sure that's the way it went down. And speaking of Bomberman, one of the costumes was the Bomberman costume, so I thought that was quite interesting. So you keep um, mentioning Bomberman, but it doesn't actually play like Bomberman. Okay, no. well, oh, yes, I didn't mention the big twist. Well, I didn't really mention the gameplay. The, the, so the gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably mention the gameplay. Well, basically, you go around and you're these wooden toys, and bombs fall from the ceiling and you have to pick them up and throw them at your opponents and there's different types of bombs there's bouncy bombs and sticky bombs and uh, there's weapons that are not bombs like homing missiles and uh, q-tip swords and all kinds of fun stuff bread and and bread of course the bread bomb <laughs> the dreaded dreaded bread carbs kill guys carbs kill <laughs> bread makes you fat <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> Totally. Um, but the hitch of this game is that when you die, you come back as a bomb. And you can roll around and mess with the other opponents. So I thought that was kind of cool. So if you die, you're not out of it. You're still affecting the way the game plays out. So that is very different from Bomberman. And I like that a lot. What did you think of that, Corey? Uh, pretty good, I guess. Uh, the, so basically, the, the round ends when everybody... Uh, but one person is, is dead and it can go into overtime, which throws it into another round. And, uh, usually depending on how you set up the game, that depends on like what stage will it be, it will be and what bombs are used. And so you use those to your advantage in order to get the achievements that you need. I do concur though. Practice mode was rather annoying, especially when you're playing with you, yourself, Irene and Roger. Uh, all, all, you had all, to move all four controllers into the practice yeah oh. uh, most of it was just using two controllers but uh, some of those I did have to use all four. Oh, as I said you play as a wooden toy so some of the levels you see uh, a mahjong table and you and you blow up the mahjong tiles and there's Jenga blocks 
and stuff like that. So the level design was actually quite impressive and and cute. So uh, in the interest of full disclosure, I actually did not play a single legit game. Um, <laughs> your, your son was not up for playing the game uh, by the time I had come over. So everything I did with the game uh, was helping toward getting achievements. So I can't really comment as to the gameplay too much because I, I didn't use the game that way. It seemed to me from playing it the way that I did, though, that the games are generally very quick. Like sometimes with these party games, part of the fun is the game lasts a while and it gets down to kind of that last game, last person. But these games all moved quickly. Was that your experience when you're playing actual games or, or did they kind of have more room to breathe? I would agree that the games are quick, but um, as you noticed, I'm sure we always had it on one round. And if you're playing legit, you would put it on three rounds or five rounds or mm -hmm. seven rounds. And that would be the way to go. Uh, you can make it either 45 seconds or 90 seconds. So yes, they're meant to be quick. And then after the 45 or 90 seconds, um, it goes into overtime mode and the bombs go flying. Um, I didn't realize until the very end of when we were playing that we there's a health bar. But it's it's kind of a weird health bar. You there's a like health little, bar? <laughs> yeah. There's like little lines coming out of your guy's head. Indicator oh. bar. more than a health bar. Yeah, I thought that was definitely... like a rage mode or something. No, that's the health. Yeah. So, because if there was a one uh, modifier for starting on, uh, yeah, the high lowest damage. health. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that makes then, sense because if yes. for some reason you threw a bomb at somebody and they didn't fall off the board, yeah, that would was, you know pulsate yeah, or whatever. There was a health bar. Yeah, they didn't make that really clear, but. This game presents a very interesting scenario in terms of how do you want to rate it or review it. Because it's $20, and our tendency is to look at it, you know, how is it for the achievements? Like, playability is obviously a thing, and I think, from what I saw, the game plays fine. It does what you expect it to do. But one thing that we may not give it too much credit for when we're considering how we might review it is it really actually has a lot of options. And I'm not saying necessarily that justifies a $20 price tag. But there are, what, 10 or 12 different stages, there are four or five different modifiers, tons of costume options, lots of different uh, different bombs, like Elle was saying before, there's a Q-tip sword, there's a, there's a die that when you roll it, you get certain effects that happen. So there's Ooh, clearly... The 20 quite, set of die. Yes. <laughs> and, and you have to roll two criticals, so there's a luck-based achievement, which I know will make everybody thrilled, uh, two criticals meaning 20s. Um, so th there's actually a lot of content in this game. I, I don't know if the gameplay itself is fun enough in a party sense. Like if you're legitimately playing with people, if you would get $20 worth out of it. But the development team really took some time to actually put stuff in there to encourage you to play through the games and keep unlocking things. So they do deserve credit for that end of things. Well, my son said he can't wait for the cousins to come over so they can try it so that's a positive sign yeah might be all the praise you need now every game every achievement in the game it can be achieved it looks like in single player or with a buddy or several buddies logged in but it's another game where it's host only pops so something else to keep in mind if you're planning to to play it but the achievements, at least the ones that I helped you with, they didn't really seem to be too difficult. A little rigging. Like, you do need to have certain modifiers open, right? So you needed the low gravity modifier for a couple, if I recall correctly. 
Yeah, there's a low gravity for jumping over the chasm and one for jumping into the box in the kitchen. Bowl. Yeah, that one. Yeah, and that's, that's one thing to mention. I actually like this achievement list because uh, there was an achievement tied to almost every stage mm-hmm. and almost every bomb. Yes. Uh, and then uh, just, just it had a good variety, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, tied to the unlocks. The only one I that didn't really care for was uh, some of the unlocks because I just had to keep grinding out games at the end just to, to yes. get you know more stuff. And they the link between unlocks started to become longer and longer, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise the achievements weren't too bad. I only had trouble with one and that was, uh, tilting a big plastic oh. duck in the bathroom. Oh yes. Uh, I it's did that a, one very many times. Good 10 tries also. So it wasn't yeah. just you. And then when it finally happened, we weren't sure that it was basically the same as every other time. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. <laughs> but th- that, that's another case though, where the de- design, the team took time with the achievement list. So they they definitely made you want to check out each stage and see the different things that they do and try out different modifiers. So that that was all really positive, I think. But this all kind of leads us down to the question, though: is it is it worth the the asking price? Hmm. I would say honestly that it's very enjoyable, but I would wait for it to go at least half off. I think ten dollars would be a good price for this game. If you have four players local, or if you have kids around, or some uh, drunken adults that want to blow stuff up. (laughs) So if you were rating this on explosions from category one to category five, (laughs) how big an explosion would this game Um, make? I would give it a three or three and a half, honestly. I had fun with it. Corey, you have an opinion on that? Uh, I will echo that. Three out of five explosion three three out of five category explosion for me um not counting price because it is a little bit more than what i would play for uh pay for but i also played this game entirely single player which is not how you're supposed to uh play it but from an achievement hunter standpoint uh it was enjoyable uh for the large majority of the time i played it the completion estimate is four to five hours would you say it took you that long we both got the completion by the way 34 achievements um uh, probably that sounds about right. Yeah, I would say yes. But if you if you're fast lining it as, as much as you can, if you're playing for fun, obviously it will it'll take longer. But yeah, yeah, that's probably the quickest that you'll be able to do this, just for the the time it takes to get into a match and restart it. Even at, at one round wins, it, mm-hmm. it it can you know you have to go through that whole process each time. But yeah, I would right. agree. You have to walk your characters through the practice area every mm-hmm. time, which takes yeah. more time than being in the game itself. Took some skill uh, maneuvering two people at one time. <laughs> yep, we both did that together. Yep, for some certain achievements. You know, I don't think this game had online co-op, right? No, it's yeah. all local. I don't think so. Yeah, no. yeah it's, it's a couch co-op game. Uh, at the moment, uh, we. What do you think about the TA ratio? I think it's kind of reflective of of the game, and it'll kind of stay around there. And uh, where is it at right now? One and a half. Okay, I would say so. Yeah, I would agree. It's it'll probably hover around this area. Uh, it's very low amount of track gamers at the moment, and I think that's largely due to the the twenty dollar price tag. Right. Yeah, I agree.
Almost There was developed and published by the Quantum Astrophysicists Guild, uh, which I think on TA might be a little misleading, and I probably should have researched this a little better, but when you start Almost There, it has the name of one specific individual who I'm guessing was actually the developer in Quantum Astrophysicists Guild. This individual either works there or uh, they published the game for him. It was released on February 19th for Xbox One. Is also Xbox One X Enhanced and available in HDR, which is lovely. It's a platformer, and we received a code for this game via the publisher, so thank you to them for that. And it said it currently is available for $10. In Almost There, you play as a, a little square, and you run and jump and avoid lasers and basically try to get from point A to point B. Uh, you can get stars for how well you perform in each world, and most of the achievements are tied to either how many stars you've collected or the worlds that you've completed. It has three worlds. Each world has either 155 or 150 levels, uh, and this game is very hard. Like, very, very difficult. It looks on its surface to be a one-button type game, and I know the game is also coming out to mobile devices and maybe plays a little better in those environments. But when you're playing on the Xbox One, you have to run into walls and instead of pressing A to jump up the walls, you have to move the right stick back and forth to wall jump off the walls, which is a really strange design decision. And in some of the levels where you're tasked to climb up the walls quickly, it just doesn't control consistently enough to be a whole lot of fun. The game also suffers from an issue with lasers that are introduced at some point during the game. And in one of the levels in the third world, it's uh, at least one, possibly two. The world is not completable because the lasers are too effective and will destroy you immediately. Um, so with all that said, the game, uh, if you're one of these super meat boy type of you know you like those real difficult games and and you want to show people how good you are at them there's an immediate value in it because it's that way but for a more casual player it can be quite frustrating i know Corey, you had an opportunity to play this as well so uh you have any sentiments you want to share on it <sighs> almost there <laughs> almost made it for me um i like to think of myself as you know, above average, not the best, but above average on these types of platformers. Um, another comparison I would make on it, it would be, um, oh, I just lost it. 360 game. They just had a sequel. Um, um, Ninja plus that's not right. Oh, N plus plus N plus. That's what it is. Uh, I, I don't know the, that I would associate it with N plus quite only, so much. only for the, when I jumped, I felt kind of floaty. <laughs> and that that's the only probably the only reason I, I would associate it with but okay. it it's very weird like you said you move and then you jump uh, but the key mechanic here that makes it stand out is that you then use one stick left and right in order to maneuver up walls which you uh, end up doing a lot in the the playthrough I got uh, I think you've gotten a little further than I mm -hmm. have but I this game it's, it's very it's very difficult and it gets very difficult very fast uh, i have not completed every level in world one um but you don't have to in order to go to the next world you have to just uh, reach a certain spot so i went ahead and did a little bit in level two in world two and i think i've just barely hit 
touched uh, World Three, uh, but yeah, I mean it's just it's just a hard game, hard platformer. Yeah, and it's not immediately evident what to do. Um, I was over at Elle's place when I played the game initially, and the first couple stages, as is always the case in games like this, are very basic. They're meant to just kind of get you warmed up, get a easy three stars because stars are based on time in this game, um, not a collectible element. So they're very simple. And they introduced fairly early on wall jumping, because as we've already said, it is the kind of key mechanic. And I couldn't figure it out. I kept falling off the wall, didn't understand it. And L took the controller to try and he figured out, oh, you used the right stick for this. I, I never would have thought to do that on my own. And And sometimes when you're playing games like these, you might see a little pop-up that kind of explains the gameplay or you might see um there might be a message somewhere you have to access there was nothing like that and i don't know how long i would have banged my head against the wall before i figured that out um l you only really played that little brief bit right you didn't really get to dig into this game that is correct okay so no no real further opinions from that little bit nope but i have a question for you guys what did you think of the graphics style you find a little i i thought it was a little too basic yeah i these are these are games where it's um you really see kind of the problem with a game that's developed with mobile devices and the xbox in mind for, for this variety it's not that there are games that that are, are on both that are all this simplistic but it feels like it was initially developed for those platforms and then it was easy enough to port up to the xbox that they decided to do that uh what did you think Corey? Uh, I'm a minimalist at heart, and uh, I actually didn't mind it. They they were fine for me. It did kind of just help you visualize this game. Uh, usually there's uh, a rectangle, which is the floor that you're on, and you are a square, and you jump on other rectangles, or maybe they're uh, a square if they're very small, and usually there's a thin line that's a laser, or triangles that are spikes, so... Very, very basic, but I, I didn't mind it too much. Yeah, um, and also, so with all that said about the gameplay, the achievements in the game are mostly for, well, they're entirely for either completing the different worlds. So each, it's three worlds and each world has a tier. So it'll be world one, tier one, world one, tier two, so on and so forth. And then there are achievements for cumulative numbers of stars earned. Now, it does look like, because um, Carnage, who is always on top of these things, had mentioned that the developer was looking into releasing a patch to address the fact that some of the laser stages were impossible. And that patch must have been released because that laser stage has started to be completed by people. And definitely always want to praise the developer when they take the time to do that. So I have to produce this with that caveat that I have not gone back into the game and played it since that was released to see how that might affect things. Uh, and I definitely will make sure to do so. But the game does look now to be completable. Um, I good for those folks who did. <laughs> I wonder if they changed any of the uh, any of the time constraints because I, I don't know about how you approach these things, Corey. But typically, when there are games like this with stars, I'm pretty stubborn. I won't move on to the next stage till I hit that three star level. I got to about stage seven on this game before I gave up, and I was just like, I'm just trying to get to the next one. Did you feel the same way? Felt the same way and got the same way. Uh, yeah, I don't think I made it past level seven without getting the stars either, which I did try before I moved on. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. Again, I, I would 
unfortunately do have to go back into it and, and check this stuff out. So maybe some of those requirements have been eased a little bit because there are several completions on the game now. And that's good to see. I I found the game difficult and not difficult in the way that uh, an N plus or, or Super Meat Boy would be fun. I found it to be frustrating frequently because of the right stick mechanic and because the time times necessary to get the three stars are incredibly tight. Uh, there may be secrets uh, to moving a little faster. There are certain stages where you'll be moving forward and you'll see a bright light as you pass and that that's like a speed boost. But at least to my seeing, it wasn't obvious where those speed boosts were, although they were always in the same spots. So once you played a stage, you knew. Um, but yeah, I I really wanted to love Almost There because I like games like this generally, but it just didn't strike the right chords with me. Yeah, yeah. Again, I can echo those thoughts. I was pretty, I was fairly excited for it, uh, but it 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 tore me down pretty pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think same as you. Like it's not tearing me down because um it it made me feel like I'm really bad at these things. I just there's good quality in there. There's some interesting level design decisions with the lasers and the the spinning, the rotating blades and things like that that they introduce. But I, the controls were just really inconsistent. That right stick wall jumping thing. I maybe it's my lack of mastery in using it. But it's just a really awkward way to play the game. And and I just never felt like the game was responsive enough to what I was trying to do to hit that level that controls have to be in games like this to be good games. Yeah. And the thing that got me was as soon as you hit a wall, it's like you're stuck like glue right. until, you, until you hit that stick. And m- so many times I just like hit A again to jump because, you know, that's what... I've been doing my entire gaming life whenever it comes to wall jumping. And so uh, it's just so awkward to get around and, and, and wrap my brain around how to maneuver this block once I start going up a wall. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm probably misspeaking. It's probably the left stick now that we're talking about it enough. I'm trying to think. It's a problem with not having the game in front of you, but just in case I'm I'm misspeaking. Either way, it's wiggling one of the sticks back and forth to to cling on to the wall. Yep. Well, I'm probably going to steer clear of this one. Yeah, if you're a fan of platformers, uh, look at some videos. Uh, if you're a fan of uh, really difficult platformers, then it's probably for you, but mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely not going to be an easy completion. Yeah, I, if you really love those difficult jump kind of platformers at ten dollars there's i don't know what i say earlier there's 400 plus stages so there's content in there i i think that's right in your wheelhouse and you probably real will really like it i think for achievement hunters this isn't a good fit because it's quite skill-based uh and i also think that for the casual gamer it's it's just the mechanic doesn't really work if i had to give the game a review on a scale of five, I'd probably stick it at around a two. There, There is something in there, but I just, I want the controls to be a, a little tighter or the explanations of what exactly I'm supposed to do to be a little clearer. Yeah, that's a two out of five jumps from me as well. <laughs> Dagger Hood, the next tale 
in the Rattalaki game saga. This platformer, as I just told you, comes from Rattalaki Games, uh, created by developer Wobblyware, which, spoiler alert, created some of my other favorite games of recent times, including League of Evil and Omega Strike. So, shout out to these developers. Uh, I guess I have 100% developer <laughs> com- uh, series completion in here. Yep. So, uh, so Daggerhood again uh, is four ninety nine. If you happen to catch this right when it releases, there is a launch discount of three ninety nine, and it is logged as a zero to one hour completion, uh, and that's only because TA doesn't go below zero to one hour. <laughs> this is a platformer that takes a little bit of a different spin on just jumping, uh, because you are also throwing daggers. Daggers hurt enemies, but these are magical daggers that also teleport you to wherever they are. And so you use these magical daggers to get to special spots, to get some certain collectibles, uh, or just to get to the exit of the level. And I wish I could tell you uh, how the game progresses past level um, 12, but I can't because that's all I played for for the achievements. Uh, I imagine they just get uh, more difficult uh, as as you go on. So I completed this game in 17 minutes, and I know a good amount of others that completed it a lot quicker. Uh, and essentially, the 15 achievements that the game comes with uh, will be attainable by playing the first 12 levels. So you get um, various achievements through the first 12 levels, just for beating them. Each level contains uh, a fairy and a certain, I think it's five other collectibles. Uh, those collectibles are just throughout the level, and you will get achievement for completing 10 levels uh, with all collectibles. And you also get one for completing, uh, for getting 10 fairies. Now, the only difference with the fairies are that they disappear after a certain amount of time, so... Uh, you have to be a little bit quicker to get the fairies um, for them to count. The last bit of the achievements are tied to stars. You need to get three stars on ten levels, or as their description says, get three stars on ten level. (laughs) Stars equates to time, and they have nothing to do with the collectibles. So uh, if you really need it to do multiple uh, runs of these levels you can easily go back and, and restart them and do like a collectible run and then to go back into a timed run uh, more often than not when I was getting my collectibles I was also getting the times so maybe 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 do that first not just to you know maybe beat my 17 minute completion um yeah there's really not much to this game uh as far as complexity or anything else goes. Uh, you have played this, right, El? I actually have not. Oh. I'm the only one who played this here, huh? Well, no. I played it. I, oh, I've got, I've got oh. 11 of the 15 achievements. I, I played enough, oh. too. Oh, so you've played five minutes. Gotcha. Yeah, just, just <laughs> about. So right before we recorded the panel today, and we discussed we were going to record uh, um, this review... I was like, oh, I haven't played the game, so Should let I go me turn it on. Set, yeah, to turn it on, it, it won't take long. I'm actually glad you said that the the uh, 
stars are attached to time because that was the one thing like I kept missing the the time and getting two stars so I was like oh, I'll go back to it you know I'm, I'm only playing for five minutes now so I'm up to stage 10 I want to say so I have to play two more to get my level 12 and literally in about 10 minutes of playing the only things I'm missing are level 12 getting the 10 fairies getting all the treasures on, no I just finished level nine rather getting all treasures on 10 levels and getting the three stars on 10 levels it, it is not a tough game it's very typical of Radalika in that they could have made this game a lot longer because there are a lot of levels it looks like but they really are only mandating you play through the first 12 there's some kind of story right it starts <laughs> with like a little uh intro about something happening but I couldn't tell you what yeah, there's definitely more to this game than uh, meets the Achievement Hunter's eye. Mm -hmm. uh, right at the end of your stint of levels, I don't. I think it was level 10, uh, maybe, they introduced power-ups. Right, so that's I only the got one to I'm up to. Yeah, so yeah, I'm pretty sure you only use it on that level, maybe level 11 or 12. And so I'm interested, I'm kind of interested to see what the if there's any other power-ups in the game Uh but I, I'm just I'm not going to go there just because I, I don't need to for the achievements. Mm -hmm. So it's another game that uh, similar to Full Blast, if you remember that, you only had to play three levels to get the completion. It's another game where I think it could have stood uh, to have a little bit more longevity built in to the achievement mm -hmm. list. But I, I'm not going to complain for, you know, a quick completion. Uh, but, you know, it was enjoyable enough for me to where I would have easily uh, tripled my time in it and been okay. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a um, a running thing with Radalika that they release. I think Jack and Jill was another one that yeah, you didn't yeah. need to play through everything. You could play through the first 10 or so levels. Uh, and these games actually aren't bad. There are plenty of games that are quote-unquote easy 1Ks that I have to play through the end. And, and even though they're only an hour long, High North... I'm suffering because I just want to get this 1K. I don't feel that way with this game. Like the game is is pretty fun. It it is a little it does have a double jump and I find that the double jump is sometimes a little wonky. It doesn't always trigger exactly how I expect it to. There are platforms that will disappear and sometimes if you try to jump right after the platforms disappeared, it takes it as your second jump, so you just fall into some spikes. It's not that big an issue, and if the stages were more complex, it might be. Um, but the the core of the game is fun. It's 2D graphics in a pixel style, so it looks just fine. Uh, there's there's really nothing fundamentally wrong with it. We just we don't know how the end game of it is. But for achievements, it's great. Yeah, um, and I was kind of we've talked about it before and uh i'm just going to i'm just kind of getting a little bit of some quick stats here uh the game came out um february 20th it came uh, out with a big article on ta 30 minute completion releases today they're again <laughs> shows you the ta streamers and uh, they spent twice the amount of time i did so. but <laughs> regardless of the fact this game came out uh as of recording six days ago and it has 1300 tracked gamers uh, it is a you know a five dollar game. Uh, similarly, Full Blast is a six dollar game. It has forty six hundred uh, people uh, played on it. Uh, Inksplosion is uh, uh, similar, and then something like Devious Dungeon. Even if it's a rather like a game, it still only has five hundred twenty six gamers because 
Uh, well, to be honest, that game takes you a couple hours to do. So uh, mm-hmm. it's another uh, another example of uh, the achievement lists. Achievement lists will sell your game, and uh, we, we've mentioned. I think Radalika knows that, and uh, huh. it's it's not a bad thing. But you know, sometimes the games would uh, can stand to be a little bit better. Midnight Deluxe, Twin Robots, Super Destronaut, <laughs> Heroes Trials, all of them. You don't have to beat the game. Very soon, Radalika will have a foof's worth of a gamer score, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but back to Daggerhood specifically, um, yeah, I, the, I kind of experienced the same uh, controls as you with the double jump being a little iffy at times, but not too bad. Um, and, and again, the achievements are easy, so I, I don't I don't really have any more to say about the game. Uh, I mean, we're about yeah. to talk about it longer than it took me to complete it. So, yeah, it, it's uh, a bit of a, a strange situation with this because you're looking at it as an achievement hunter, but also as a game. So, out of five collectibles in this level, how many would you give it? I'm, I don't want to be jaded by the fact that it is an easy list and that uh, I got a full 1,017 minutes. So, I'm going to say <laughs> it's a two collectible game out of five. It could it could be a little better. Yeah, I I would go a little higher. I I would say it's like a two and a half. I because the the core gameplay seems just fine. Um, as an achievement game, it's like a, a four. You know, it's it's really great, quick, easy, what you expect. Um, so it's it's hurt by the fact that you're not encouraged to play more of it. Um, which may prove to be good. Those controller inconsistencies may be more prevalent later in the game. But yeah, I'm, I'm right about at the same level as you are with it. Yeah, my, my two out of five doesn't stop a recommendation. I still recommend you getting it, uh, especially, again, if you're listening to it early. You, there's a, you can save a dollar as an intro price, um, but it's just you're not going to get to experience a lot of the game. And uh, there's a little bit of jankiness that, uh, I, yeah, that, that that's my two out of five. So still recommended. El, have you finished it yet? Oh no, I <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I'm gonna be talking about Mullet Man and the Mole Men. Hmm. Published by Total Commitment Games and developed by Steve Mata. What's a motto with you? <laughs> oh. Well, I'm going to guess Steve Mata is the sole developer of this game. And that's probably just his name. Mullet Man and the Mole Man is a game, a very simple 2D pixelated game, where the object is to progress through the stage and you will find some moles or mole men. And you, your only thing you can do is kick them. And you kick them forward and they walk. And the idea is to get them to the end of the stage without falling in a pit or being eaten by a dragon. Now, this game I played, when I first played it single player, I honestly thought it was not great. Um, I beat the first stage, and the first thing you're treated to is a giant typo, where instead (laughs) of the word abandoned, it says abandoned. So it tells you how many moles you have saved, killed, or abandoned. So not a good first impression. 
So I got one or two achievements. I, I There's an achievement for just going to the About section. And you get a very quick 100 gamer score. Oh, by the way, the, the, the list has 10 achievements worth 100 each. And they're all secret achievements. And each one of them says Mullet Man isn't impressed, which is quite interesting. So luckily TA tells you what you have to do. Um, the list is interesting. There's what wounds up. There are seven achievements that are easy, or six that are easy. And there are three achievements called Hollow Praise, one, two, and three, that you need to collect all the mole men in each of the ten stages and then escape in the UFO. So what wound up happening is I kept saying to Michelle, oh, you got to check out this game. You're going to love it. And then I got my son to play also. So we played three players. And one funny thing is the costume selection screen. Um, your guy kind of looks like, oh, I don't know. What does he look like? Like Kurt Russell in the Escape from New York movies? Or he's yeah. like a tough guy with like a mullet, with a mullet sunglasses. <laughs> but all like the, costume, the leather jacket kind of, you know, he's like too a tough cool guy from the 80s or 90s <clears throat> type of look. And but there's very clever, very clever costumes. There's a Mario costume. There's a Batman costume. And if you look Picard enough, you will find a Star Trek costume. <laughs> so Prue would probably buy this game just on that. I feel like we didn't even recognize all of the references they were trying to make. There was a Bender from Futurama. There was a Robocop. Uh, there was Doc Brown from Back to the Future. There were, there were a lot of references in them. There were some good ones. There were some good ones. So that at least made me laugh. Oh, the game is four ninety nine, by the way. Um, which is, I guess, an uh, elementary price. So what wound up happening is we wound up playing, and um, we had fun. And yeah. Uh, it's just one of those games where by yourself it's not so great, but when there's a bunch of people, and you actually have to work together. So there are these bridges, and there's these switches, and one person could be kicking the moment along, and the other person could be uh, raising or lowering the bridge. And then sometimes the mole men fall in the water and then someone else goes in there and rescues them from the water. And sometimes the mole men go into a house and kick them out of the house. Oh, and this whole time there's this fire chasing you. And that's the main, main gameplay uh, element is the fire. You need to beat the stage before the fire gets you. And on the other side of that, if you fail the level or don't collect all the mole men in the level, there's a fire on the overworld screen that comes after you as well and which basically just gives you a number a uh, certain number of tries to try the level over again. So it's a very interesting game. I watched the stream of this game. That's my only experience with it. Do you know if playing co-op uh, changes the difficulty from single player? It doesn't. And as a matter of fact, I forgot to mention something very important. Of all the co-op games that we played, this is the one where it's not host only. The achievements pop for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so you know what that them. means? That was great. You know what that means? What the hell is so hard uh, about doing this? Everyone else? <laughs> they need to hire Steve Monda. Yeah. That's thanks, true. Steve. That is awesome. So... Um, we finished the first uh, stage. There were three stages. 
each stage has about 10 levels yeah and uh, the um we went through a few times for the various achievements one was to collect all of them which was i guess the quote-unquote hardest one but we did that on our first or second try and then there was one for rescuing none of them <laughs> which is funny and then you rescue a dragon, and then you finish the stage with the fire. Go ahead, Michelle. Yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off. The, this achievement, the one for not rescuing any of them, is probably one of my favorite named achievement and achievement <laughs> descriptions in recent memory. It's an achievement called Alternatively Enabled, and the description is failed to recognize the purpose of the game. And when that popped at the end, because again, all the the descriptions are just um, Mullet Man isn't impressed. When that actually popped, I think all of us, like El Sun too, we all belly laughed at it. Because it's you have to go through the entire world not saving a single mole man. So you're killing them all when the whole point is to save them all. So it was just it was really funny and that really got so the list in this game, even though it looks very bland on the surface, actually is the descriptions and all that are generally pretty interesting. Absolutely. Who wouldn't want an achievement called Flamer? Amazing. <laughs> or another one called Happy Endings. But yes, um, you sit on the About screen for a couple minutes, you get another easy achievement. So for achievement hunters, I would say there's an easy 6 or 7 out of 10 right off the bat. Now if you're a completionist though, that's where there's a problem. So we tried out the second stage briefly and we were treated with a much harder level. Now, there is one person on TA that has finished Hollow Praise 2 and 3. So that's one out of 105. So this dude, props to him. And there's one last achievement called Virgin Savior that has been unlocked by no one. And I actually emailed the devs to find out what it's for. And he said it's to beat the Iron Mullet Challenge. Now, I don't recall seeing that, but I did notice that they say do you want to do speed run so i'm going to guess it's the speed run and you need to do all three stages and get all 240 moles rescued so that would be a, a lot of time and effort but i imagine there'll be a very high ratio if someone managed to do that one consider that an ah101 exclusive <laughs> yeah thanks exclusive. the other potential thing it could be is after you beat world three maybe it opens up another game mode uh the iron um, mullet challenge yeah but we don't oh, know yeah. for sure but it's it's not broken he, like the developer did say like it works no one's done it yet like he, he very much implied that that's all possible so it's just really hard uh one thing playing in co-op though while it does make things easier you do also have to be a little careful communicating is actually important because if you're standing right on top of your co-op buddies you will kick them as well they don't go flying but it staggers them for a second which can make it difficult to get things done but that was part of the fun of playing it in co-op is we had to pre-plan like you're going to jump across this cat this um space and you're going to hit the the bridge so that when i kick the mole men over they're going to actually make it across that bridge without falling to their deaths so it it was fun like el really set it up as a game i was going to hate like no joke when he <laughs> said he was giving me that sarcastic like oh you can't wait to play this and it's that usually means that i'm gonna want to tear my eyeballs out of my skull 
and I, I was ready to not want to play it, but it was fun. The achievements popped for everyone that was logged in, which was awesome. Uh, it, I don't know how well the level design would go over a long stretch of time, but over three worlds at 10 levels a piece, it's probably just at about that sweet spot where it needs to be. There was a large difficulty spike, and I don't know how much of that was. We were kind of done playing the game at, at that moment and, and just weren't in the mood anymore to work through the levels. But that was all great. It's a different experience single player. I, I don't think it's quite as fun single player, but I I had a blast playing it. I was laughing through it and we had fun figuring out what to do. So I I was pleasantly surprised after having my expectations set so low. That's part of the fun. Mm-hmm. Now the question is who we can bribe to uh, be a fourth player and maybe tackle the second and third stages. See, I don't, I don't think... I think it's more that we should do it with two dedicated players instead of having yeah. an extra player. I feel so. like the extra player kind of gets in the way. Um, it, because there are so many cool costumes, you want to change your costume every now and again, you forget who you are. Um, but also there's that whole sense of kicking each other. And you do have to be aware of stuff. So if you're kicking, when you kick them, the mole men, they, they go up at an angle. So if you try to stand right against the wall and kick them, they'll just get kicked straight up and they won't go anywhere. And the game does introduce various different elements. So there are trampolines where the mole men will be kicked forward. or the, These dragons that exist in some of the levels, they get scared of them and they run the other way. So I think having more than two introduces more times where somebody does the wrong thing unintentionally because they can't pre they can't predict what the other person's going to do. So I actually think with two people, that's probably the ideal amount. Is Mullet Man impressed with this game? Well, on a scale of one to five, how impressed is he? How many mm. mole men would he say you had a five? <laughs> <laughs> um, this may sound like a bad score, but I'm probably going to give it a three. I think what holds it back is probably replay value. And it, it just could have looked a little tighter. I'm sure it was also going for the minimalist look, like a lot of indie games. But for five bucks uh, and one or two other people if you think four i do want to try it with four players to see what oh, it's yeah. like i i would say totally to try it i, I think it'll be more uh difficult to tell fun. what's going on but i think it will be fun yeah i agree another maybe drinking game you know there's no real crazy thought you have to put into it there is some strategy like you said yeah but even when you you still finish the stage it's just that the mole men either wind up uh, abandoned or dead <laughs> so <clears throat> they're they are abandoned but you you would still finish the level and and that was we laughed at things like that too when they would come up you know like oh no that that mole man just fell down that pit we didn't mean for that to happen or you know they the fire catches up to them and they make this sort of screaming noise which should be horrible but when you're already kind of in a good mood because the game tries to be a little lighthearted, um it's funny when you get through a stage and you don't rescue any of the moment there's a little phrase like what did they ever do to you like the oh, game yeah. is kind of yelling at you for being so awful <laughs> at saving them because clearly you have some personal vendetta so it it was it was a good time i would say three is probably fair but that is strictly looking at it from a multiplayer experience i i do feel it's a harder sell if you're playing on your own it it doesn't have the safety net of being an easy achievement game although it is an easy 600 that's you can bang out that 600 
pretty quickly and with, with little skill involved. The only real skill-based one we got was the one to save all the mole men in World 1, but it was not terribly difficult, at least in multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if, if you have a couple people to play it with at $5, ah, it was a good time. I, I have no problem recommending it in that kind of situation. All right. Uh, yeah, to recap, you're not a completionist. And if you want five or 600 really quick points, you should probably be able to get 700. Pick it up. Or if you have a few friends over, make sure to grab it. And thank you, Steve Mata. Oh, wait, I just realized something. Albedo, Eyes from Outer Space, is on sale this week, and it is by far my least favorite game I have ever played. Last time it was on sale, I was lost for words how truly awful I think it is. I try to have a glass half full attitude, and rarely get upset by a bad game, but Albedo, Eyes from Outer Space, is a special case of concentrated sewage in digital form. There is nothing particularly offensive about the narrative content, even if it is an incomprehensible mess. The true horrors the game inflicts on its players is gameplay related. Albedo is a first-person point-and-click adventure game with some of the worst action sequences I've ever played thrown into this abysmal mix. The puzzles are pure moon logic and made even worse by a non-responsive clunky and glitchy interface that may or may not do as you command. I have never pulled up a guide as fast as I did for a game before I played Albedo. I realized I had solved part of the first puzzle, it just hadn't registered for some reason. I kept on playing with a guide open which was very fortunate as mere minutes later a game breaking bug kept the puzzle from finishing properly. Without a guide I would never have realized something was broken. Well, with the exception of the entire game being a broken mess. The game is far from a looker and often chugs along with single digit frame rate. The voice acting might be the best part of the game, if you consider really bad voice acting funny. Albedo frequently crashes or just stops reacting to your inputs. With a guide, every achievement can be obtained in less than 3 hours if you are lucky. If you try to get through Albedo without a guide, may whatever deity you have there have mercy on your soul. The game's story is far from over once you've obtained every achievement, but I know I was. It is rare that I don't want to see a game through once I've played most of it, but I could not put Albedo down fast enough. I didn't even YouTube the final chapters, as I had more than enough of this dreck and promptly uninstalled it as fast as I could. If anyone asked me what my favorite game was, I could not narrow it down to a single answer. If you asked me the worst game I have ever played, I would quickly answer Albedo Eyes from Outer Space. Come on with your outro. This is all you gotta say, Kenny. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This has been Achievement Hunting 101. Oh my gosh! Achievement Hunting 101! You'll get that later. You can't hear this because I've uh, muted myself on Skype. I'm smart like that. Secret.
smash that subscribe button. Bye.